0: 21st, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Got some Friday, Saturday horse racing for you. Little Keeneland Friday, little Saturday Keeneland, some Oaklawn Saturday stakes. Then we'll get into some derby talk with Andrew Champagne. We dive into a look at the top 20, I think we get to 22 or so on the Kentucky Derby point standings. We each give a thought uh, or a couple on uh, each of those runners and Talk about their resume, what some of their plans are moving forward. Then we jump over and we do the same for the three-year-old Phillies. We talk about the top 16 or so there with AC, Andrew Champagne. Finishing up this episode, wrestling with Chad Cooper. This week in wrestling, we hit on SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and AEW. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have an NBA Looking at everything going on in the playoffs with Eric, and we'll also have a recap of episode four, our deep dive of Moon Knight. Going to have that one a little earlier for you this week. Tim Kelly is actually on vacation, so we're going to uh, link up a little earlier, and uh, we'll have the breakdown for you, scene by scene, along with NBA on tomorrow's episode. But for now, this episode is presented by Better Vegas at BTV Bets. Give them a follow on Twitter. Flip those notifications on. An incredible live stream schedule right now, what I mean by that is they have free previews, analysis, handicapping previews, every single day covering different sports, different racetracks, different um, wagers, different games to play, contests, all sorts of stuff, and everything's free at BTV, just people wanting to help you become a better, better Flip those notifications on at BTV Bets every Monday, every Thursday. Mohawk Mania. For you horse racing fans, you want a little help building your early pick five for Woodbine Mohawk every Monday, every Thursday, there's a $100,000 guaranteed pick five pool that starts in race one. And you can play for 20 cents. We uh, always go through the sequence Monday and Thursday. Every day throughout the NBA playoffs, Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, boom, we've got an NBA playoff preview for you. On the weekend, noon Eastern time We'll get into some NBA tomorrow With our good friend, Eric Right now, we're going to get into Some horse racing, we're going to talk Friday And Saturday, Keeneland And some Saturday, Oaklawn And uh, you'll hear that nice little horse racing Intro from our good friend, Joey Cleveland Listen in as Gino and friends give you all the specifics on who to bet and how to make some money. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the Daily Racing Form, for years. Studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack or wherever I was going. Now it's even... Easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets, get real time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse, and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts For replays if you get the formulator version And even on the classic past performances You get the home screen with horses With odds, with buyers You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph You can rotate your phone for the best view And any horse that you click on You'll see the running lines You can easily move from horse to horse The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances You get an interactive format Which is Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone Cross device functionality You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next And then access your account on any of your devices On the go handicapping and wagering
2: Your horse racing fantasy comes true.
0: But no, 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 stable duel. Download the stable duel app and play today. Whenever Keeneland is rolling, you know that there's going to be big games focused at Keeneland for Stable Duel. So when you you head on over and take a look at the Stable Duel schedule for this weekend, you'll see lots of stuff for Keeneland, like a $25 game on Friday, $3,000 in prizes. There's also a $2 game, there's a $75 game, and there's a free ride on Friday. So you've got Keeneland, Gulfstream, Laurel, Sam Houston, Quarter Horses uh, also, Join the party there. There's a $25 game at Laurel. A couple different options for you at Gulfstream Park. How about Saturday? Keeneland with a $75 game, $12,000 in prizes. They've got a $10 game, $150 game, where if you win, you get an entry into the Preakness $50,000 game. Those entries are worth $1,000. There's a couple games at Gulfstream. There's a game at Laurel, Woodbine, Hawthorne, Sammy Houston. Sunday, you've got Keeneland. Gulfstream, where you have a couple people that will get their entries into the Preakness fifty thousand dollar game. So you have all these qualifier, qualifier and feeder tournaments that I'm going to talk about more in just a second. Golden Gate Woodbine, Gulfstream, Hawthorne, all on Sunday. Get those entries in and play, race, win. Barry Spears and me this week, Friday morning, ten o'clock a.m. Eastern time, seven o'clock a.m. Pacific time. Join us on Twitter at Stable Duel or At it's me, Gino B. We'll have best bets for Keeneland this weekend. For me, it's going to be a lot of Keeneland Friday, Saturday. I think Barry will probably have some Gulfstream stuff in there. Normally, our friend Matt DeSantis joins us, but he's going to be MIA the next couple weeks. Matt's taking care of his mom, uh, so always going to miss Matt, but he'll be back with us in just a few weeks helping out. Now, Stable Duel has a feeder. Feeders all over now. Into the big Preakness tournament. So here's what's going to happen. There's a $50,000 Preakness championship game, and up to it, it's the March to Maryland series. 15 feeder games, cash entries add up to the $1,000 championship game entry. So the entries have already kicked off. For every 23 entries in some games, there'll be one entry given. And then, you know, some of the bigger games might be less. So no cash prizes in those. These are feeder games, and they actually have 15%. Take out there So Stable Duel Always expanding, always trying out new things So some of the feeder games this weekend April the 22nd April the 23rd, April the 24th All different opportunities For you to win your way in To that big Preakness Contest On Preakness Day, $50,000 In cash prizes in that big one Coming out with us on Friday For some Stable Duel We'll talk uh, Friday morning 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. We'll talk a little bit about Keeneland for Friday as we get our past performances out right now. Get them out for Keeneland for Friday. Let's take a look at the races for April the 22nd. Now, in race number one, probably going to be a little bit formful. 50,000 maiden claimers that, for me at least, I thought 4-7 were going to be tough to get around. Cupid Strike, who drops. you got the barn that's capable off the bench. Source was actually favored against Secret Oath last time out. It's going to get first-time Lasix. A couple of very productive races that she exits, and she drops in class for the first time. She'll be tough. You have uh, the Seven, who's going to get Lasix for the first time, comes in off of a trouble trip last time out. So those two make a whole lot of sense to me in, in you know, early exotics. In, in race number two, I thought the one, Kivalina, was intriguing. So she debuted on the Synthetic, at Gulfstream Park going a mile 70, she was three deep into the turn. She settled third. She was within two lengths. She was three wide, but she just couldn't get by I'm So Sorry, who was sitting second once she made her three her bid from third. She really did try hard all the way, and the winner did have a race of experience, whereas Kivalina was a first-time starter that day. She has a nice little pedigree. She has eight winning siblings. She's a half to a horse named Kodiak Cowboy, who's a multiple grade one winner who earned $1.6 million. Not a ton of direct turf success, though. Something to keep an eye on, but she's been working on the grass plenty, so the barn thinks enough of her um, from the actual works. To me, that's always even more important in pedigree, and they've done very well when they've spotted horses on the grass. So I think Kivalina's got a big shot in race number two. Let's move to race number three here. maiden 50 claimers, going a mile and a 16th. I thought the sixth loco makes a lot of success. First off, the dam, one going long. On the synthetic but with stakes placed Second start off the short break for Loco She has three He has three winning sibs Two of them one going long And the other one twice going seven furlongs I don't think the Mile and a sixteenth should really be a problem for Loco M- People may look at the race last time out And I think it was more of a turf thing It just didn't seem like he liked the the turf So I put a line through that race And I look back at his form on the dirt I think it was pretty good See a horse named Osborne who has multiple stakes placed in there, Circleback Jack was a horse who beat Crimson and Cream, the rival right next door. Locos had success on the dirt and should be bred to go long fine. 10 to 1 on the morning line. I had this horse stacked more like a 4 to 5 to 1 shot in race number 3, the number 6 Loco. Let's move along to race number 5. And I thought the 5 in the 5th Made sense going five and a half furlongs on the turf course here. Salvage step slow at the start on February the twenty fourth at Fairgrounds. Rushed up four wide up to about third or fourth. It was two lengths off. Then it was three deep, looming at the top of the lane. Um, took a big shot. Was up to second. Just couldn't get by. It was a clear cut second that day. It was three and three quarters clear of third. Thought that was a really nice effort. Now you're gonna go third start off the bench and. I think this horse makes a lot of sense here. Third start off the long, long layoff. Nice tactical running style. Put a line through the race back in April. The only time this horse raced at Keeneland had some trouble that day, and it was a race that was sandwiched by long layoffs. Let's go with the five in the fifth at Keeneland. Five to one on the morning line. Anything around seven to two, we'll make a win wager there. As we move along to race number six, we've got a first level allowance, optional eighty seven furlongs on the dirt here. About the seven tails. Uh, Freddie Chianti uh, Tale of Freddy Fred- of Chianti I'm just butchering names here What ends up happening is like I circle and mark All over the horses and then I can't even see what The actual names of them are So the 7 is drawn well 3 year old filly She can sit on the turn back From a mile and a 16th to 7 furlongs Now she ran into a horse named Malibu Marie Who has won 4 in a row Who just beat 1st level allowance company And one at six to one at Keeneland with a 79 buyer in a very similar spot. Let's go to the seven, drawn well to the outside eight to one on the morning line. I had this horse stacked more like a five to one shot. In race number seven, maiden special weights, going a mile and a sixteenth on the main track. I like the five in here always above third start off the very long layoff. She'll be making her or he will be making his fifth career start. In his debut, he was behind a horse named On Thin Ice who's grade 3 placed, the second place finisher in that race. Elton's Prince is a multiple stakes winner. Career start number 2 always above was behind Strike Hard who is stakes placed and ran in the Sam F Davis and in the Florida Derby, well defeated that day, but then was sent to the bench from August to February. I think we can probably make an excuse. When he returned in February, he ran into a really nice horse named Charge It. Charge It won that race by eight and a half lengths, got a 93 buyer, and then went out of that race to finish second next out in the Florida Derby. And then always above, finished his third on March the 12th in a race where he was behind Fenwick and Command Performance. Those two horses both ran in the bluegrass next time out. He's going to go third, start off the long layoff. I think he has the opportunity to take a nice step forward in here. The number five, always above, who's 12 to one on the morning line. Anything around six or so. Feels fair to me as uh, just kind of peek through the rest of the Keeneland card on Friday. There's the double dog dare, the grade three, double dog dare, a mile and a 16th in the ninth. The one Malathat's going to take a ton of money. I actually prefer Bonnie South. I think Bonnie South, you know, she's had a tough time in smaller fields when the top contenders have more tactical speed than her and there's no pace. I do think in this field, she might be able to get a little bit of a setup in a small field. With a couple who want to be forwardly placed in here. So Bonnie South I would prefer. If you feel like playing that race. But I'll play a little bit more early. Not as much jumped out to me late on the card. At Keeneland there. That is Friday April the 22nd. Good luck. On Friday over at Keeneland. Santa Anita has a, a weekend off. They will return next Saturday. So we'll have more from Santa Anita. When they return. And we'll have a lot more coming from Louisiana Downs. Coming soon. Looking forward to talking Louisiana Downs. Every day that they race. And they will kick things off. In just two weeks. Opening day for them is Kentucky Derby Day. I will... uh be joining Louisiana Downs I think some days on their simulcast I'll be helping out, posting videos handicapping information we'll have segments here on That's What G Said any day that they're racing at Louisiana Downs, they will be racing May 7th through September the 27th win, play, show, exact, a try super doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives pick six jackpot super high five I'm going to attack the pick four every single day a 15% takeout in that pick four and they will race on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. So they, they begin on Sunday on uh, Saturday, May the 7th, they go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That'll be their schedule each and every week. So you get a couple days early in the week, then a few off, then they come back on the weekend and, uh, and finish up the week. Looking forward to diving into Louisiana Downs here on That's What G Said Podcast. Every day they're racing, we're going to be talking about them here. We'll have videos on social media, live streams, and all sorts of different guests helping us out. Talking L.A.D. this year. Let's talk a little Saturday racing. Let's bounce on over to Keeneland. We'll pretty much take a, take a trip through the, uh, the Keeneland Saturday card. Let's start on... April the 23rd in race number two. I looked uh, five and a half furlongs on the turf course, made in special weight. I thought the seven rum and tonic, going to get Lasix for the first time, just key off that debut race at Kentucky. That race was good going six and a half. Then they tried to go a little bit longer, flashed more tactical early speed that day, but faded. So put a line right through that race on the yielding turf course. Now you're going to get Lasix for the first time. You turn back. You've been working pretty well for this the number 7, Rum in Tonic We'll use along with the 1, Trevi S Who makes a lot of sense Just the inside draw is my major concern there The 4, Atris 2 starts back, ran into a couple nice ones In Dreams, won a first level allowance Next out, Love on the Rocks Won a maiden special weight to turf way Next out, and the turf sprint form Was not bad Horse just didn't, kind of had a wide trip In a race that he probably needed last time out I stacked him 7-1-4 Race 2 at Keeneland on Saturday in the third race I looked at the two and the three To use in uh, in early exotics The three, Coffee with Alex If you just go through This guy race by race right? He debuts, finishes third Behind Cyberknife And we know Cyberknife has come back and won the Arkansas Derby Career start number two It's not a bad effort At Keeneland, going seven furlongs Against Maiden Special Weights He finishes third that day, he shows some speed Career start number three He's over at Churchill. It's a sloppy racetrack. And he just doesn't run all that well, so put a line right through it. Returns after a few months off. He comes back in February against Maiden Claimers, and he wins. Then he tries the turf and doesn't like it, so you put a line right through it. Everything makes sense for Coffee with Alex. You go to the two Wellman. The blinkers come off. He needed the race last time out. The last two races, you can make legitimate excuses for probably the last three, but at least the last two. Because the January race at Turfway, he hadn't run in a while. He had not run since April. And then he was off for a couple months again after. He shows back up. He runs into Dream Shake, who really impressive in that, way, in that win. Last year at Keeneland against non-two allowance runners, he actually finished behind a horse named Red Ghost in a race where there were four next-out winners. I think Wellman stacks up pretty well with this group if he can get back to some of his better efforts. Anything close to that April 16th race. I'll use the three and the two in most exotics in race number three. Let's get to race number four. Maiden $50,000 claimers going a mile in a 16th. The number four, Baby Blue Eyes, adds the blinks, stretches out. This horse could be the one to catch, moving from five furlongs to a mile in a 16th here. Career debut in the only, tri- the only start when she was on the dirt. She ran into a horse named Optionality who won three in a row. Runner up that day, won a maiden special weight next out Then was second against Stakes Company Her two races at Turfway She was forwardly placed in sprint races She adds the blinkers, she stretches out I think they're going to want to send her hard in here For the new connections She's been training at Keeneland And seems like she's got a couple decent works Over the racetrack The number 4 in race number 4 Baby Blue Eyes Who is 15 to 15-1 On the morning line If we can get anything That was I had this course stacked up Like about 8 to 1 Because of the early speed So Could be getting some value There in the 4th Race number 5 First level allowance Going a mile On the turf course I like the one Infinite potential Who's now going to go Second start off the long layoff This is Really the only time She's going to put Two starts together Because the last time She put two starts together She wasn't able to put A third together so hopefully Infinite Potential can take a nice step forward and get a lot of fitness out of that April 9th race. She didn't run well, but it was on the slop. She backed up. She'll return to the turf now. In her debut, she ran into a horse named in Italian, who's a grade 3 winner. Seasons is going to be pretty tough in here. But the one Infinite Potential at 6-1, to one, second time for the new connections, anything around 4 would be willing to make a win wager there. In race number 6, Pretty logical, formful horses for me in here Maiden Special weight, 7 Furlongs I thought the 5 Faith Reward on the cutback Would be pretty tough I'd use the 3 Cat Wings Also in Exotics, 3-5 there In race number 6, neither one of them Are going to be massive prices, they're both in the 3-1 to one range 7th race I thought the 8 Market Rumor was one to uh to look at Gam's mission. I'm, I'm sure I will probably be using in some exotics as well keeper of time too. But from on the win end, market rumor if this mare is around 5 to 1, I'm going to play her. She only has raced four times on the turf. She's got a little upside there. And when you dig into her career, she's done very little wrong. She has some legitimate excuses the days when she doesn't win or run well. On March the 20th, she was 7th down on the inside About 5 or 6 off She moved early, 3 wide She was a legit 2nd that day She tried hard and she just missed She'll now go 2nd start off the break She didn't race from October to March And with those Only 4 turf races There's some upside on the green For market rumor 7-2 to is my value line there As we move to race number 8 It's the Ben Ali And you can make a case for Many in here And when I can do that I want to lean towards one of the bigger horses uh, As far as the price is concerned Mighty Heart could take this field gate to wire Proxy, third start off the Long layoff could be set for a, a Really nice effort, Dynamic One should be better, second start off the bench Warrant is probably the horse to beat You have Tartufo Who may be a cut below Some of the top horses, but is at least sharp Scalding is looking for a fourth consecutive Just won a graded stakes last time out But I'm going to go to the outside with Title Ready Who actually got shuffled back a little bit Had some sneaky trouble in between horses I think two and three starts back You can probably excuse the races In the slop you can Probably excuse the race against Life is Good and Nick's Go Where he just gets outrun there You know, he goes to run in the Dubai World Cup But I thought his last effort was good And with some racing I think he will really improve Johnny V jumps aboard Title ready Who is eight to 8-1 on the morning line Have him stacked about 5 Wouldn't want to take less than that In the ninth race, the number 9 Another mystery feels like a horse who could get a good setup in here They'll go a mile and a half But a few of these want to be forwardly placed And another mystery just didn't get the type of trip He needed last time out When two Emmys got a much softer trip On the front end When they go a little bit slower He needs a little more than that Especially if they're going shorter like that At a mile and an 8th so another mystery with Pratt jumping aboard. I think we'll get much better race shape in here. Six to one on the morning line in race number nine, the grade two Elkhorn. Anything over seven to two, we'll bet a few bucks on another mystery. Keeneland's 10th race on Saturday, April the 23rd. Seven furlongs on the dirt. First level allowance, optional 80. I thought the 10 legendary lore. First time gelding. Blinkers come off. So his last three races were on the Synthetic. One of them was in the John Battaglia where he had legitimate trouble and he finished behind Tiz the Bomb who came out of that to win next out. He's going to the Derby. Tawny Port, we see recent winner. Graded stakes winner. A couple of very nice dirt races at Churchill Downs for Legendary Lore. You have uh, Gelding that's now back to seven furlongs. He broke his maiden at this trip. First time gelding, tossed a debut, tossed the troubled Bataglia, legit trouble on eleven twenty-seven at Churchill Downs. I like the 10. Legendary lore, who is 10 to 1 on the morning line. We'll make a win wager if we can get anything over six. And make sure to use that one in all your exotics. Good luck on Saturday over at Keeneland, April the 23rd. Let's get to Oaklawn. Couple of big races on the Oaklawn card on Saturday. Some stakes over there. So over at Oaklawn on Saturday, a couple of big stakes. It's the Apple Blossom, the grade one Apple Blossom in race number five. You've got Latruska, Clariere, Cece, Miracuja, and Miss Imperial. It's just a field of five, four legitimate graded stakes type, three really, really top-tier mares. Uh, Philly and Clariere, Mary Latruska And C.C. Miss Imperial Nothing wrong with what she's done, she's a 14 time Winner, she does feel like a cut below These, Miracuja. she won uh, The grade 1 CCA Oaks Last year, so remember, she's capable Of showing up on a big day With a big effort, now I just think that, that Latruska's Way quicker than this particular Group that signed on, I don't know Who's going to be able to keep up with her and put pressure on her Early, well Tried Will they try to have Miss Imperial do it Cece isn't that quick And if she tries to press I just don't think that's going to work out very well for her And Clarier is One that's going to drop way out of it Miracuja isn't quick enough to press I think in this field Latruska is going to be able to really steal this race And and just catches a a group that When when Latruska gets beat It's because she gets Just crushed with pressure Like we saw in the Breeders' Cup This staff I don't think this field can keep up with her early. Let's move to race number seven. It's a maiden special weight race, six furlongs on the dirt. I thought the two of Raymond was a horse to put a few bucks on for Asmussen. So the dam earned four hundred and sixty-four thousand. Was a grade was a graded stakes winner and grade one placed. Both siblings won. This one is a half to a horse named Cambria, who's three for six and stakes winner. So pedigree solid. Born. Plenty capable coming off of a layoff like this This horse hasn't run since August of 2021 But you see a pretty steady Work pattern A nice steady tab And then a good recent Work at Oaklawn Park on April the 18th The blinkers come off And now a first time gelding This horse got action in the debut The race has come back live Major General was the winner of that race Came back to win a grade 3 next out Was 2nd in the Lexington 4th place finisher won next out And then was 3rd in the Nashua Raymond broke well that day Pressed from second, was on the outside Was a half off major general Was just all in early and couldn't get to that one Who's come back to run well Lots of things to look at, right? Pedigree, check Some changes, blinkers off, first time gelding Check, steady tab Check for a barn that can bring him back off the bench Race came back live Check And actually showed a little bit of speed in that race Lots of positives for the number two Raymond, who is twelve to one on the morning line, I had this horse stacked like five to one, and so anything around that, I'll, I'd be willing to make a win wager. The eighth race is the one hundred fifty thousand dollar Oaklawn. The number two Stellar Tap, I like this horse so much after his debut, and he just hasn't been able to put it back together. He had legitimate trouble last time out, and I would not be shocked at all to see him win. But I'm going to go elsewhere. The four Homebrew should be forwardly placed. There's not. That much speed in here and that could help her Or that could help him But I'm going to the outside with Happy Boy Rocket The Blinkers come on, I think that's going to make them Get more aggressive with him The last two times we've seen him, he's been on Off race tracks, a good track and then A, a muddy sloppy track He's his own worst enemy at the start And that's where the Blinks can hopefully help He was only 9-1 to in the Tampa Bay Derby Two starts back You know, And that was a race that was on an Off track and he had a brutal start last time out. He dwelt. He spotted the field. He was about six lengths off. The winner that day sat second, five lengths ahead of Happy Boy Rocket. And he made an inside. He made a big four-wide move from the back. He just flattened out a little bit late after being left. The number seven, Happy Boy Rocket. I'll make a win wager if we can get anything around seven to two. And uh, he's a five to one shot on the morning line. We'll use in all exotics. Let's get to the eleventh race at Oakland Park. On Saturday Good luck if you're playing along This is the Oaklawn Handicap Mile and 8th So Idle From a class standpoint he can win this race But I don't I, I, I gotta think he probably needs a race right And Fearless I'll use Underneath I just I don't love him as much On, on the win end I'll try to beat him on the win end So I'll use him in the under spots in, exact, in Exotics The horses I'm the most Intrigued by and I'll, I'll probably do the same with Idle So let's say 4 and 8 we use under not all that intrigued by Plainsman here Sure he could win I like the 3 last Samurai He's gonna go 3rd start off the bench And it's his 3rd start at 4 I think he has some upside To where if he takes one step forward off of his last effort With a career best Where you look at the rest of this field And you sort of think that they They're kind of, we've seen their best from them I like the 3 Last Samurai who's 8-1 to one on the morning line I'll make a win wager at anything around 5 Also going to use the one bowl Luminaire, second off the short break Not a win machine, but capable Of competing with some of the best And should be able to save ground down on the inside The 5 Rated R Superstar It's the Rated R Superstar On this day, 9 year old In career form We'll be using him As well, 3 on top Five, four, one, using the probably the you know, six and eight underneath, four underneath, but it's all about the three last samurai in the win spots for me at anything around five to one in the Oaklawn handicap on Saturday. Best of luck at Oaklawn Park on Saturday. Let's shift the conversation over, talk a little bit about Cindy Carava, full service realtor, Cindy Carava. Now she can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing, she can help connecting you to Vendors, if you just need help with home improvement Painters, gardeners, landscapers Maybe you're curious To see how much your home is worth She'll do a free market analysis of your home's value If you need help with a loan She'll connect you with the right type of lenders That'll make things easy for you and get that process uh, Expedited She covers all parts of the San Gabriel Valley North San Diego County But if you are in an area um, where you just Need a little bit of help and and you haven't been Getting some, contact Cindy CindyCarava.com C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com She'll put you in touch with someone that she knows, that she trusts Someone that's going to make your life a lot easier That's what Cindy wants to do She is one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met She's going to make things really easy on you CindyCarava.com Up next, we get into some derby discussion And some Oaks oratory with Andrew Champagne Let's go through the top 22 or so On the Kentucky Derby points list And then let's jump into the side, the Philly side And we'll go uh, about 1 through 16 On the points list Positives, negatives, if we like them What we may be thinking about them uh, A few weeks out from the Oaks and the Derby Andrew Champagne joins We are just a few weeks out from Kentucky Derby week Yes, on two weeks from right now We're going to be Prepping for the derby we're going to be Handicapping the races we're going to be Previewing undercard races I'm probably going to be Having a conversation with Andrew Champagne right now In two weeks looking at One of those undercard races talking about some Derby and some oak stuff so It's never too early my friend Darren Zocali is on vacation He's at Disney World with his family Jerk and so You know how (laughs) I am I'm a tough uh, I'm, I'm tough Andrew doesn't get a couple Days off when Darren's gone no 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 Andrew doesn't get to go have fun He's got to have to work We're putting Andrew to work again this week Uh, But I figured Andrew would love chatting some some Derby and some Oaks Because this is work that we're going to be getting done and, And diving into in the next week or two anyway So might as well jump ahead And take a look at the Kentucky Derby point standings We'll see what the field looks like now Because all the major prep races are done We just had the Lexington A couple horses were able to gain points And kind of put themselves in striking range And so now we don't have to get finalized About, you know, any bets or wagers That we're going to make We'll know that between now and the, the time of the Derby Inevitably there'll be a, a couple horses That end up defecting from the field Because of injury Or maybe connections decide they want to Point to the Preakness Or maybe a, a different Undercard race on uh, on Derby Oaks weekend, but for the most part, this is this is going to be our Kentucky Derby field, Andrew. So we're going to go through the top twenty, twenty two or so, and uh, and get a thought.
1: Yeah, and the more I look at this Kentucky Derby leaderboard, first of all, cheap plug—you can look every week at the Pollock Report. I do a uh, Champagne Derby bubble. For That chronicles the top 20 So that's been a lot of fun to do And that's helped me follow a lot of these horses Ever since the start of the prep season It's a good crop of 3 year olds The past couple of years have been Sort of eh, sort of dodgy There are notable horses That miss one of the Triple Crown races Whatever The most notable thing missing the Kentucky Derby this year isn't a horse its a trainer. These are some very, very talented three-year-olds, both with the Derby and the Oaks. It's going to be a lot of fun to try to handicap it, too. There's a lot of different variables, as there are every year with the Kentucky Derby. And uh, hopefully I can repeat the success of last year, which was one of my best handicapping days ever.
0: Yeah, you did a really good job last year And we're going to run through the Derby points field Then we'll run through the Oaks Phillies We'll run through the top 15, 16 or so And just kind of look at the uh, the Phillies who may have an opportunity Getting into the Oaks field So let's start over on the Derby If you go to KentuckyDerby.com You can take a look at all the stuff that Andrew and I are going to be diving into they have a, a a list of the point standings And if you click on each horse It'll give you a little bit of information About some of the things that they've done We begin, Andrew, with the number one gun That is Epicenter And he has... The most points of any of these three-year-olds He has won four of his last five He won a maiden special weight race Then the gunrunner stakes He finished second in the Lecompte. Just got nailed that day Came back and won the Risen Star In a really good prep He beat Zandon He beat Smile Happy and Tawny Port Slow Down Andy was another one in that race that he beat and Then he came back and won the Louisiana Derby He feels like not only is he number one and uh, you know the, in the point standings He's on the very very top tier Of horses to beat I think he'll probably be Vying for favoritism I wouldn't be shocked if maybe one other horse Gets bet a little bit than him And that's the number two horse we'll talk about next But he feels like he's going to be right there In like the logical legitimate favorites Running good running style Speed can sit a little bit Checks a lot of boxes
1: He checked a lot of boxes for me Not just in winning the Louisiana Derby But in how he did it epicenter rated he took some dirt in his face he got wheeled out by joel rosario and the second they turned for home he went from third about a length and a half back to in front in what seemed like about a stride and a half this horse does have a turn of foot he showed he could rate and look i am not saying a closer can't win the kentucky derby we've seen scenarios where the race just totally melts down generally speaking you want a horse with some tactical speed maybe one that doesn't necessarily need the lead but a horse that can be a length or two off the pace and be in prime striking position turning for home we know epicenter's running style checks that box he won going a mile in 316ths and did so very impressively that's a, that's another nice
0: a, it's a, it's little right but it's a positive right they they yeah. stretched it out a couple years back to give it a little bit more distance so hey, It's not like they've gone a mile and a half But they've gone a little bit farther Especially with a deep stretch uh, A long stretch like Fairgrounds Than some of the other three-year-olds have So it's a little bit of advantage for them
1: Yeah, and there's there's just not a lot of negatives To this horse Even the one race he did not win earlier this year He did everything but win They went pretty fast early on And he got nailed right on the wire He was the one horse from the early pace scenario That was still around at the end There there just aren't a lot of negatives here And if it turns out that this is the horse That gives Steve Asmussen his first derby winner I wouldn't be surprised
0: Number two on the points list is Zandon, he's had four career Starts and this guy seems like he's Really peaking at the right time He's a grade one bluegrass winner Prior to that he was second In the risen or third in the risen star With some trouble he was second in the remsen His losses have only been to other Really really nice horses that are going To be in this field that he's finished behind He should be peaking at the perfect time Andrew third start off the bench Super impressive in the bluegrass He might be the horse that ends up going Off favored I think he Maybe he's the one to beat he's Definitely in the top tier, another horse towards the top Where, you know, there are going to be four or five of these horses Where it's hard to really knock what they've done And, and how they're going to be coming into this race
1: If you want to see a picture-perfect ride Fire up this race and just watch Zandon. At the very least, watch as much of him as you can Because Keemlin has the same colored saddle cloths And it makes it very, very difficult But <laughs> <That's a> great- <laughs> Flavian Pratt Put on a master class in that particular race. Zandon was way far back going down the backstretch. But Keeneland was playing very kind to closers on that particular day. He did not panic. And as a result, Zandon going around the far turn. Went from 10th to about 4th in what seemed like a 16th of a mile. And he slingshotted past a very nice horse and smile happy. To be able to get the money. Now, if you are betting a closer. In the Kentucky Derby It's not to say they can't win We've seen scenarios where closers win the Kentucky Derby It's not like it's implausible They need a lot to go right And when you've got a 20-horse field Of inexperienced horses Maybe now more so than any other time in history With how few times horses get to the starting gates Between their 2-year-old seasons and their 3-year-old seasons That isn't to say Zandon cannot win He certainly has the ability to do so. It's his third start off the layoff. If you like this horse, I am not going to fault you. But I think I would need a little bit more of a price than we're likely to get come post time in order to bet this horse on top. He's a very nice horse. I can't figure anything that he's really done wrong. I just need a little bit more value than we're likely to get. It's very time. fair
0: because he, just looking at his races, right? In a field like the Derby, as you mentioned, he could run an awesome race and it could be just like his race in The Risen Star. Where yeah. he has some trouble and he runs really well, but just a couple other nice horses get a little bit better trips than him because they're maybe a little bit tactical. They don't get stuck in trouble because they they you know they just weren't as deep of a closer. And he's running late on the scene for third and then comes back and is really tough in the Preakness and the Belmont. Like he could absolutely be that type of horse, lightly raced, maybe still with the ability to to maybe show more tactical speeds as he gets a little bit older. But I agree with you. He's probably going to be shorter than I would want On the wind end He'll be scary, you know, turning for home If you see him and he's not bottled up He's going to be really tough to hold off He's a nice, nice animal But we've seen lately You want to have a little bit more tactical speed As we move to number 3, Andrew A horse like, you know, White Barrio does have Some of that type of tactical speed And he's, I don't know if I Think he is maybe quite as Good as some of the top Tier horses, but you know what, he kind of just keeps winning He's won 4 of 5, he won the Holy Bowl, the Florida Derby He did win, a, uh, he did run at Churchill He finished 3rd in a race at Churchill Downs And he worked on April the 17th over at Gulfstream Park Starting his prep for the Derby What do you think about White Abario, number 3 on the points list?
1: So, White Abario is 4 for 4 at Gulfstream Park He's beaten some good horses Gulfstream and Churchill are wildly different surfaces. Sometimes form carries over, sometimes it doesn't. And without getting too far into it, last summer at Saratoga, I made a lot of money betting against Saffy Joseph away from Gulfstream Park. That's his home base. He does very well there. Shippers, eh? He ran okay at Churchill Downs last year in the Kentucky Jockey Club. He got beat by Smile Happy that night, and there was no shame in that because that horse was going really well. The other thing that concerns me a little bit, he was walking home in the last eighth of a mile in the Florida Derby. They went the first mile in 136 and change. They came home in 150 and change. I'm just not sure he's a mile and a quarter type horse, and I think he is going to get bet down to a price I just can't stomach.
0: Number four is Mo Donegal Now, I like this horse a lot, Andrew And I'm just, I'm curious if he can be close enough uh, for the trip, I'm hoping If he can sit mid-pack, I'm fine and, and it's funny, in a field of 20, like, can he just be 10th and not be, you know, 15th in the deep, deep I don't, because I don't think he's that slow I, I actually do think he's a little more tactical I think he he doesn't want to be up on the lead Or anything like that But I don't think he has to be deep, deep way out of it I really liked his wood I love the pattern and the way he's coming into this He's had no problem sort of running in different racetracks And I feel like distance is no problem for him I like a lot of things about him For me, the major concern is just Can he be, like I said, in that 10th in that to 12th and not in the 15th to 20th where You need every single thing to go your way If he is I like his Chances turning for home if he's a Couple lengths out of it and, and building up some Momentum he could be really really tough to Hold off and I think he's kind of sneaky I He, be, he actually beat Zandon In the Remsen and he may be a horse Who you get a better price on than Zandin Might be able to sit a a little bit closer Than Zandin and I think he's kind of A little under the radar of some of the top tier Horses he's one that I like uh, Right now we'll see how things move Forward in the next couple weeks what do you think about Number four Mo Donegal Wood Memorial winner Remsen winner third off the Bench third in the Holy Bull? he's three For five overall
1: I can't Let this go by I don't think you're alone in liking his wood. I think there are stallion farms that will like his wood very, very much.
0: <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? But I'm um, Andrew Champagne, anyway, folks.
1: Yeah. I'm here through the week. Tip your waitress. Try the veal. Um, you're gonna love this one. Remember last year when we did this show and I made a prediction? This is your Belmont winner. Certain-
0: I knew you were gonna go here with this. I, yep. I could I could have said it. Yeah, I knew you were going. Yeah. To see, I don't most, think he's that slow. See, I think he's no, a little he handier. He's not slow.
1: He is, however, a little bit of a plotter who sometimes runs in spurts, but he can run all day. The pedigree says he wants to go about nine miles, and the distance will not get him beat. If you're looking for an underneath horse in the Derby, I think this is potentially the horse. Would you rather take six to one on Zandon or 12 to one on a horse that beats Zandon in the Remsen? If you're looking for value, I think there are worse plays to make than Moe Donegal, but I think the play is in early June and not in early May. We know Todd Fletcher can win the Belmont. That's his home circuit. Let's be real. I think this is a Belmont horse, and I'm really hoping that we get one of those seventh in the Derby, beaten 10 Lentz performances, and this horse comes back in the Belmont at about 12, 15 to 1, at which point I hammer him.
0: I think he's going to run a little bit better in the derby. He doesn't seem like a preakness horse to me. I don't no, think he would no, like he's not. I that, I th- I could see him running well in both the derby and the Belmont and just not and be the type of horse who either is like third or fourth in the derby and then misses the skips the preakness. But I think he's going to run a little bit better. He depending on pricing and where he draws and stuff as long as it's not way down towards the inside where he's in a bad spot. He's probably going to be the horse that I that I play on top We'll see um, He Right now I, I like him quite a bit coming in I just feel like he might have the value And, and check a lot of boxes for me Tis the bomb Going to have to prove it on the dirt He did work April the 16th at Churchill Downs Won the Bataglia, won the Ruby This horse has ability And he's looked good in winning But when he tried the dirt earlier in the year Didn't really run well on it We can maybe make an excuse and say it was his first start of the year And he's come back and run well since But, you know, the thing about him He'll be a big price And you'll I think you would need or want a big price to include him I really don't have a problem using him In, you know, once you get to like Third spots and below Because, you know, this horse has some ability We've seen these synthetic horses transfer over From Turfway plenty I think this horse has ability I don't know if he's good enough to win But as far as getting a trip Not worrying about him getting distance Him being able to pass tired horses late Sure, I think he could finish towards the bottom of Exotics. I wouldn't have him on the win end, though. What do you think about TIS the Bomb?
1: Yeah, TIS the Bomb has been rerouted about five or six times already this season. Now, that's not a bad thing. These connections made a really smart move. After he tried dirt the first time, and it sure looked like he hated it, they said, okay, there's a lot of money to be made at Turfway Park. So they go win the Bataglia, and then they go in the Jeff Ruby. Gino, do you remember three or four years ago when the Jeff Ruby was a twenty-point race? It is now a one hundred-point race because Churchill Downs now owns it. Just I because know. of a change in ownership, it is now a major Kentucky Derby prep race, despite being run on a synthetic surface.
0: And I know I, it's not a, it's and it's, and it's un, an unfortunate way sometimes to do some of the preps, but there should be preps like that that are just a win, and you're in.
1: You know, right? we I think a, one. A, my thing is, if you're gonna make it a prep late in the season, I'm okay with it. Make it a 50 point race, not a hundred. Yeah. Because he, Tawny Port, who ran second in that race, he won the Lexington, and we'll get. Yeah, and he's that. legit. He's but legit. So one or two the Lexington in order to make the Derby field, as it turned out. And I've got a problem with that. No second place finisher in a Grade Three on a synthetic track should get priority over a horse that won say the holy bull for 10 points in early february i agree that's bonkers to me now the thing that might help tis the bomb there are handicappers out there and very very good ones that will point out a lot of horses that are turf horses or synthetic horses may not like dirt anywhere else but they like churchill downs if you think you're going to get a turf- type performance out of "Tis the bomb, you're probably going to get 20, 25 to one, and you I be more than that using yeah. that horse. The problem is, I just think he's a turf horse, Me and I, I think the derby you want to back him in is the one across the pond they were initially aiming for when the first dirt try didn't work out.
0: The, I have him in our uh, in in the uh, fantasy league he used to be in with me, and so I hope you know I like this horse. He's he's a nice horse. There's a there's a lot of places that he can run if he doesn't you know if the dirt doesn't work out for him. And I under you understand with some horses like this, like you said, go over to Turfway, pick up some big, good money in some big races, and then you give your, yourself an opportunity on the dirt. If it doesn't, you know you like synthetic quite a bit, and you're a really good turf horse. So. Um, I understand when when connections like this take a shot And then maybe he does run well And you go, okay, now you've opened up a couple extra doors Because, as you said Gulfstream Park is one of those tracks that Some horses just don't like it Especially if you're more of a closer or a deep You know, late running type Sometimes it's just hard for you at Gulfstream Park to make up any ground Maybe it was better for him once he moved elsewhere And we will move elsewhere To number six, Cyberknife He's three for six He has won three of his last four He won his last two races Grade 1 Arkansas Derby winner And he worked April the 16th Over at Churchill Downs What do you think about Cyberknife?
1: I just don't think the Arkansas road to the Kentucky Derby Was all that strong this year Unfortunately, I think Cyberknife is a nice horse I think it's a cool story That Brad Cox Six weeks out from the Kentucky Derby Didn't have a Derby horse And now he's got three He's got Cyberknife, he's got Zozos And he's got Tawnyport, so good on him for that he ran very well in the Arkansas Derby. He had a perfect trip that day. The same could not be said for either the runner-up or the third-place finisher. Everything has to go right, and I think he needs to take another step forward in order to be a factor in this particular race. I just don't think that happens, and I actually prefer another Brad Cox runner as a potential spoiler in the Exotics to this one who's likely going to be the shortest price of the three.
0: So, yeah, I don't... I don't... He's one of these horses where I don't I don't really know what to do with Quite yet, I'll have to see where he draws and stuff He won't be in my top tier of horses If the price is right He'll fit, but I think he's just going to be a little Shorter than what I would want from him Just off of connections and off him winning that Last prep, and I, like you said I wasn't quite as impressed with Some of the horses that came through the Oaklawn preps As we move to Crown Pride He's three for four He's your UAE Derby winner He is over here working at Churchill Downs He worked on April the 16th at Churchill So Andrew We've seen the uh, The Japanese Breads have some incredible Success over the last year or so All over the world in Races that are The biggest and some of the most Prestigious races around This is a little bit of a different story because we just haven't seen any of these horses have a lot of success in the derby from the UAE derby or a lot of any Japanese horses really have success in the derby. And so I think you have a couple different things working for them, but at least they're here. They're working. Do you think Crown Pride has any opportunity?
1: No, but I'm rooting for him. And here's why the second and I mean the second a Japanese-bred, Japanese-campaigned horse wins the Kentucky Derby, you're finally going to see a change in the way horses are bred in the United States. For the last 20 years, we have been so fixated on whatever the hell brilliance is, while Japan has been slowly and steadily breeding based on stamina with lines American breeders decided they didn't want. When Sunday silence went over there, it energized an entire breeding program. And now at some point within the next 20 years, they're not just going to contend in triple crown races and in races like the Breeders' Cup Classic. They're going to have some of the favorites because of the way those horses are bred for stamina, for soundness, for longevity. They're cleaner which, horses too, yes, right? They, they don't are. have as
0: many drug issues. We don't they don't worry. We don't worry about if horses are quite. Real a lot of the times right you look through The the list of years and now you have to wonder How many of these great horses like you said The brilliance from some of these horses That are stallions or some of these great mares That are out there was it them Were they helped by Performance enhancing Substances you know were they were they Maybe not quite as good As they may have looked and then what does that do For the breeding I mean, exactly. when you're not Physically 100% and and We think that you're a little bit better than you are You spend a little bit more you expect More physically these animals Are passing down you know Traits that aren't quite as good you were you were hitting It right on the head Andrew and I hope yeah. I hope it's it'll be good for U.S. racing in general Right it's sort of like a like a little bit Of a punch and kind of a wake up call like hey look These people just did, it, did This right in front of your face The, the yep. This group of people they did it way better Over there in Japan right now
1: Yeah, now, mind you, I don't think Crown Pride is the horse that's going to No, I I don't either. But putting a bow on the breeding discussion for a second, and I mentioned this all the way back when you and I sat down with Jonathan Stetton right after the FBI raid with Jorge Navarro and Jason Service. All of the people in horse racing's breeding game who say they want to grow the game and they want to breed a better horse, whatever— Sharp as Tekka saw almost 200 mares his first season, and now we know how he got that cushy spot in a big barn because of what happened there. So let's just maybe, I don't know, walk the walk as opposed to just talking about it. At some point, the Japanese horse racing industry is going to come over with their big guns, and they're going to be better. Going these distances than our horses Most, I don't want to say most Some of whom are bred more so to go an eighth of a mile At a two-year-old sale Than to go a mile and a quarter when they're older That wake-up call's coming I don't think it's coming this year
0: Taiba is number eight on the list His horse is two for two, Andrew And went from a sprint to the mile and an eighth Santa Anita Derby Beating Messier Forbidden Kingdom Which is not easy to do This horse moved into the Tim Yachtin barn After being with Baffert in career start number one We know that Bob Baffert is not able to enter any horses in the derby So you saw some horses transfer barns In order to attempt to gain points in their last prep races To give themselves a chance to run in the derby Taibo was one of them who I mean, on paper, it sort of looked like he was in the race As a horse to just bother a Forbidden Kingdom. It felt like There were, you know, three horses That had been transferred from Baffert To Yakteen, and it felt like the race Was kind of being set up for Messier, that there would be a couple Horses that would try to make it tough on Forbidden Kingdom And that Messier would get the trip Well, that was not at all the case. Taiba was very good. His his maiden race what I <clears throat> what I noticed too, and it's not like I played him in the San Anita Derby. I'm not gonna act like I did, but what what impressed me about his maiden win was it wasn't one of those just really flashy maiden wins, Andrew, where you just kind of sit in second right off of the leader in the clear and then just power home. He was actually in between horses and kind of battled and it wasn't the wasn't the easiest of spots and, and he had to work the whole way with horses on both sides of him and he kind of put them both away. I was I was pretty impressed by his debut. I just thought it was going to be way too much for this horse to try to stretch out, go the mile and an eighth, take on a couple legitimate horses who go, coming into the Santa Anita Derby, it looked like Forbidden Kingdom and Messier we're going to be two of the top five betting choices In the Kentucky Derby had they performed well And had they locked up in like a, a nice battle You know down the lane So it's amazing how things change And they shift for Bedding kingdoms not here Now Taiba Number eight on the list And he's going to come into the Derby with just two races What the heck are we going to do with an inexperienced horse like this Who's got loads of talent
1: so you mentioned an experienced Jay Privman went and did the research. And if you haven't seen the Daily Racing Form article yet, I urge you to do so. It has been 139 years since a horse has won the Kentucky Derby with just two starts under its belt. 139 years, Gino. That's a long, long time. And we're talking about a horse. That hasn't exactly been running against full fields out in California. I know that sounds ridiculous. I know there are people that are rolling their eyes at this as I say that right now and are trying to say I'm bashing California racing and I'm not. The problem is you go from a five or six horse field in the Santa Anita Derby to a 20 horse field in the Kentucky Derby in career start number three off of a career best effort. I'm not saying he can't win. I will likely need more value in order to play him. Now, unfortunately, there is a very profitable angle lately, Gino, and that is the worst angle for horse racing will usually win. Can you think of a worse angle for horse racing than the owner of Medina Spirit, who went on a broadcast in a prominent international race, And I don't want to say he laughed about the circumstances, but he sure seems sort of nonchalant about it. Getting to the winner's circle in the Kentucky Derby for the second year in a row. And, you know, the very first words out of his mouth are, I'd like to thank Bob Baffert, who couldn't be here today. Can you find me a worse story?
0: No, that's it. And you feel and and what's funny, um, you feel bad for Tim Yachteen.
1: You do. By all right. accounts, Tim Yachtin is a stand-up guy. And look, I know there are people who think he's tainted with the Baffert brush, whatever. He's in a really weird spot right mm-hmm. now. He's a guy... who wouldn't?
0: Who wouldn't take the horses that were exactly. given to him in this situation? Would, would you that... have
1: preferred him say no to getting some of the best horses he will ever train? Now, Tim Yachtin has trained some really good horses. He had a champion sprinter a couple of years ago. By the name of Points Off The Bench, and I need to tell this story because anytime Points Off The Bench comes up, I will always tell this story. If you know Millie Ball, who works for Santa Anita Park, Astronic Group, XPTV, everywhere, she's a badass. And the reason that I can say she is a badass is the morning Points Off The Bench broke down leading up to the Breeders' Cup sprint. It was a bad breakdown. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew that that horse was dead the second he hit the ground. Millie Ball could have gone home with her husband and grieved and nobody would have thought any less of her. She stayed and she did her shift for HR TV that day. So before you go saying stuff about Tim Yachteen or even God forbid his family, stop. You're going too far.
0: Let's get to simplification number nine on the points list right now. Simplification, uh, three time winner, won the Mucho Macho Man. Second in the Holy Bull, won the Fountain of Youth. Third in the Florida Derby, Andrew. Simplification worked on April the 15th over at Gulfstream Park. This is an honest horse who tries and who can show you different running styles, has some tactical speed, can be a little close up, but can also pass horses. So, I wouldn't talk anyone off of using this horse underneath. I just don't think he's quite as good as some of the top tier horses, and he would really need to get a perfect trip. But if you wanted to use him in two, three, four spots, he's the type of horse who could outrun his od- outrun his odds. I think because of the- some of the versatility that he's shown, he has done a lot of the work recently in Gulfstream Park. I don't completely dismiss horses that have done. Success at, that have had success at Gulfstream Park, and it's funny. I, I prefer a horse like this than maybe one who's won like four times and maybe just looks like they're a monster at Gulfstream Park. I think he could transfer his form over fine and be a cool underneath type horse. We'll see where he draws, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell people not to play simplification. He just won't be um, probably as much of a win candidate for me.
1: Nice, honest, hard-trying horse here. The biggest negative for me isn't that he didn't win the Florida Derby or whatever. He ran a credible third that day. The Fountain of Youth has not come back well, uh, and I—that's a shame because I thought that was going to be a pretty good race when the field went postward. And of course, we know what happened around the far turn of that race within due time, and we'll get to in due time down the road. I'm saving up for that rant, Gino. You're going to like that one. Uh, but that race did not come back all that well, and he was very visually impressive that day, but the figure was just so-so, and he didn't move forward in the way you want a horse to move forward. Now. If you're looking for a horse that's probably going to be about 40 to one to throw into your third or fourth spots, I won't talk you off of the horse because the horse is an honest one that generally seems to fire every time he runs. And horses like that tend to clunk up for minor awards and light up the tote board, providing value in ways that say horses, like you mentioned, that are four for five, who are five to one, generally don't. So, If you're looking for a big price, I'm not going to talk you off of this horse, but yeah, definitely prefer others on top.
0: It feels like number 10, Smile Happy, is kind of where the top, top top-tier contenders, I think, stop on the points list after this. Maybe we'll have a few other horses that make sense, or people will bet, but I think of maybe the shortish prices, because Smile Happy, who was... Second in the bluegrass, who was second in the Risen Star, your Kentucky Jockey Club winner. So, what's nice is he has a win at Churchill Downs. He's, a, he's two for four. He's coming into this nicely, third start off the bench. He, if he would have won the bluegrass, he would have been favored in the Derby.
1: Yeah, I think. And honestly, he didn't run badly in the bluegrass. No, he was he second best. And yep. I here's the thing I think he's got more potential to improve than Zandon does. The way Keeneland was playing that day. You didn't want to be anywhere close to the front end. Closers were winning everything that particular day at Keeneland. Smile Happy was not just up close. He was wide around both turns because he had a horrible draw. He was horse number 10 in the program that day. And there is a very short run into that first turn from that mile and an eighth starting spot. So he was about five wide going around the first turn. He was about three wide going around the second turn, and he still looked like he was going to win for fun turning for home. Zandon just came and got him beneath that perfect ride by Flavian Pratt and riding, I don't want to say a track bias, but it was certainly playing kindly to closers and not so much to horses that were on the front end. I think Smile Happy has a lot of positive traits going for him. I think he's got the kind of tactical speed that you want, it's gonna be his third start off the layoff as well. And if we get an inflated price because he was second behind Epicenter and second behind a perfect trip Zandon, that might be a horse you throw into your pick fours, your pick threes, your doubles, because I don't know about you, but fifteen to one seems like an overlay on him, doesn't it? He
0: will most likely be on <clears throat> on all of my win. Tickets like not not I'm not betting Him to win but just in win slots pick Fours pick fives pick threes anything That I'm playing Certainly with horses to like win a B horse, right? Yeah like at the very least the depending off. on Again we're we're talking about this Now so nothing that Andrew and I are Discussing is like final we're not Making any decisions we don't know all Of the draw and, and all the specifics here But right now he is at least like a Top three horse for me I think um, with win ch- combining his win chances and what his price will be I think you know those two Because I think he's got as good of a chance as anyone in here And he'll probably be You know double the price of Of a couple others If he's double digits or over I think that's just That's probably where he'll be You know he'll 10 to 12 to 1 And like you said maybe If maybe he's a horse that floats up Because if there's another wise guy horse or two Not not bad Not bad uh, We'll see where he ends up That smile happy He's number 10 Port. Number 11 he won the Lexington Second in the Ruby, fifth in the Risen Star He has worked at Churchill Downs um, He worked on April the 11th Before the Lexington So already a little experience over there at Churchill What do you think about number 11 Tawnyport, he's another that comes out Of a very good Risen Star
1: So it was interesting because News came out the morning Of the Lexington That Slowdown Andy was out And that Tawnyport with 40 points Had a spot in the Kentucky Derby field already. He didn't need to run in the Lexington. They ran and they won. Kudos to the connections for doing the sporting thing there. And also, if you interpreted that as a sign of confidence, you got 5-1 to on a horse that was considerably best on the afternoon. So more power to you as well. I just don't think he beat a whole heck of a lot that day. I prefer others in this spot. And again... Brad Cox has three. He's a you know Louisville kid. It's a great story for him. Technically the defending Kentucky Derby winning trainer after the nonsense that happened last year and Mandaloon getting put up. I, I just prefer others in this particular spot. And it's a situation where part of me, there are a couple of horses in here that I'm hoping bypass the Kentucky Derby for the Pat day mile on the undercard, because that's just such a better spot. I think this is one of those horses.
0: Barber Road is definitely going to be underneath on my tickets This is one of those horses who always runs well He always shows up He's just not quite that good He doesn't get quite the best trips He's a closer so he may get into a little bit of traffic But I know he'll keep closing Like we said, I don't think the Oaklawn horses this year At least in my handicapping so far Are quite as strong as some of the groups that I'm looking at Coming into the Derby But of all of them, I actually think he's one of the more likely horses to hit the board at a really big price and run third at 50 to 1 or 40 to 1 because he's just honest. He was second in the stakes at Churchill Downs before. He also has a win at Churchill. He was second in the Smarty Jones, second in the Southwest. He was third in the Rebel and second in the Arkansas Derby. He's two for eight, but he always tries, he always shows up. He's extremely consistent. He's handled different tracks and he's handled Churchill Downs well. He will be one of my under long shot horses that I'm hoping to get in third or fourth. Andrew Barber Road for me as a as a nice underneath horse that I don't think he can win, but I'll use him and then try to spice up some exotics. What do you think about Barber Road?
1: So Barber Road will likely be ridden in the Kentucky Derby
0: by one of two
1: graduates of the State University of New York at Cortland that I like. Mick Foley is one of them. Ray Lou Gutierrez is the other. And this <laughs> must a of course,
0: year and a half, man. Yes.
1: This is a guy that's got a lot of talent. He's got a good clock in his head. And it wouldn't be a surprise if he's among the top riders in the sport in the next five or 10 years. The kid is good. It, you love the attitude too. You never see him without a smile on his face. He seems like a talented rider and a world-class dude. Again, I just don't think the Arkansas road to the Derby was at all special And I'm a little concerned because it just seems like this horse finds trouble and finds trouble plus closer in a 20 horse field to me, doesn't seem like a winning combination also. And we haven't really touched on this yet. A lot of the horses that would have had the point totals to get into the Derby, but have defected the classic causeways and the forbidden kingdoms, they're speed horses, those horses not running is not news that Barbara Rhodes connections want to hear because their big chance would come from a horse going on a crazy suicide mission, going 22 and two 45 and two and setting things up for a closer to come pick up the pieces. I just don't think that happens, but Barbara road is a nice horse that generally always seems to clunk up for a piece of it. Personally, I hope that after the Derby, They wind up running this horse in a spot like the Curlin at Saratoga, which is their race for horses that haven't won a graded stakes race yet. Those are the types of races that he's supposed to win. I don't think he's supposed to win this one.
0: What I like about um, him in sort of counterpunching your, which I agree, is that he's sort of a horse who has gotten himself into trouble because of his running style. What I like about that is he keeps trying. He's not one of those horses that packs it in after he's encountered that trouble, which many of these horses are probably going to hit trouble like a Taiba, like you were saying for the first time. I like that he's at least seasoned in big fields. He's encountered some of those traffic issues, and if he gets stopped a little bit, it's not going to be like the first time this horse has gotten dirt in his face and gotten bumped around a little bit. It's happened quite a bit to him. So while I again, I don't think he's a horse to to go and and bet to win at a big price. He will he will for sure be on a lot of my underneath spots. And uh, if he runs third or fourth, I just hope I have the right couple of horses in front of him because he'll be a great price in the in those exotics. And sure, as and that
1: makes sense. You. You bet those horses at 30 or 40 to one. It's not like we're talking about a horse that's going to be four or five to one. That's no, gonna get not at all. Like finding a whole bunch of trouble all of the time. And look, yep. that's how you're going to wind up making those scores. If you can find that kind of horse. I just don't think things line up for him in this particular race.
0: Yeah. That's all. Oon Oho. Number 13. Cool. Uh, named horse with the one eye. He is two a two time winner. Was second in the Withers, won the Rebel, came back and was eighth in the Arkansas Derby. Seems like there was a physical issue that they figured out. He worked on four sixteenth on four sixteen at the training center at Copper Crown. Uh, his most recent work there. Uh, what do you think about Un Oho? Another one who came out of some of the Arkansas races. I just I can't really get there with him. I thought things really tripped out for him with his win, and he'd probably need to prove it to me.
1: I uh, I don't want to be accused of being half blind to Unoho, but I don't see it. I see
0: what you did there. I see what you, you did there.
1: Um, you're right. He did have a physical issue. He got banged into the rail in the Arkansas Derby, and he actually had some staples put into his shoulder and taken out. He had a physical thing going on, but the work apparently was good enough that his connections are going forward to the Kentucky Derby. I just think the Rebel is a total throwout. It says that was a fast track. It poured, starting with about five minutes to post and going through the race. That race, to me, is a throwout for every horse that ran in it. I just prefer others in this spot. I can't fault the connections for taking a shot. It's just another instance, to me, of a horse that probably, A, needs more pace than he's likely to get. B, needs a picture-perfect trip in a 20-horse race, which seems unlikely.
0: So, uh, we are recording this on Tuesday evening most of you will probably hear this on Thursday or maybe early Friday. So if anything changes between now and then, I'll put a little uh disclaimer at the be- at the uh, beginning if any of these horses have any issues or we hear any news about some of them that are changing plans. As of as of now, there are a couple horses that are still in question, Early Voting and Morello. The next two horses that we're going to talk about are actually both um horses that haven't really made a decision. They're still on the list because horses will remain on the list until they're confirmed to not be running. But these next two will uh we'll talk about Morello's uh early voting is number fourteen. He is lightly raced, he's just two for three. He was your Withers winner, and then he came back and he was second in the Wood Memorial. You have Morello, who didn't run very well in the Wood Memorial. That was your Gotham winner, he's three for four. So they're both lightly raced. They're they both only lost one time And going into the wood I thought both of them Would be with a win And a nice win in the wood Would actually be on the trajectory To be top tier players In the derby It it wasn't that I was completely disappointed And think that neither one of them Are any good But it just sort of wasn't what I was looking for from from either of them. Um, I, I probably would prefer early voting, who, you know, was better in the wood than Morello. I feel like has a little bit more upside. But then at the same time, as you were mentioning with a horse like Taiba, you know, you're gonna be a horse who's coming into this race with three starts, really lightly raced. And if things don't go well for you at the start, what's it going to be like with all that inexperience? What do you think about these two, fourteen and fifteen, early voting and Morello?
1: I think early voting is a fascinating case because if your team Zandon, you want early voting in the race because early voting is going to go early, and the more pace you can get for a late running type like Zandon, the better off your chances are going to be. Um, it's a little bit funky though because these this owner and trainer a couple of years ago with a horse named Cloud Computing skipped the Kentucky Derby mm-hmm. to focus on the Preakness. And cloud computing won the prickness in one of the dirtier head bobs of my handicapping career. I needed and Classic Empire really, really bad that day.
0: And we're not going to tell anyone... What to do if I had a horse that had an opportunity to run in the Kentucky no, Derby, no, I would do it too. But but what it, you're it saying is
1: gone. It is gone would, very badly. When I have even so much as been seen to infer what Shad Brown should do it, with his horses, and true, look, I don't does, have the money. I don't have a bottomless bank account for peacemaking donuts. I did that once. I'm not sure I can do that more than like once every four or five years, Gino.
0: You just seem like with the his. His Running style and just the, the way he's lightly Raced and stuff he feels like he Would be a player in a really Fun new horse in the Preakness right yeah. if he were there I'd like his chances to win The Preakness a whole lot more than I Think I would in the Derby but you are Right in that he will have A major say in at the, In at least the pace and Keeping things pretty honest up front So I as a Just a fan of racing in this race in general I want him in here And as a fan of maybe someone who wants to bet Mo Donegal, right? I want him in this race
1: Yes, if you want a late runner You want early voting in this particular race My concern with early voting Isn't necessarily the distance It isn't necessarily the pace It's that Aqueduct is a very quirky surface Uh, It's a fun surface to handicap There are some horses that really, really like Aqueduct's main track And that form doesn't translate Even when they go from Aqueduct to Belmont Belmont is a much different surface Saratoga, much different surface Churchill Downs, much different surface That's what scares me about a horse like Early Voting Because his Aqueduct form, maybe it travels, maybe it doesn't And shifting gears a little bit to talk about Morello I really liked his Gotham win I really liked his two wins before that Three for three going one turn. He had an excuse in the Wood Memorial. He lost all chance at the start. He got knocked around a little bit. Please run him in the Pat Day Mile. That horse is born and bred to go a one-turn mile. Send him to the Pat Day Mile. Maybe you send him to the Matt Wynn after that. You pick up some nice checks. You regroup. And if he develops enough, then you send him to New York or Monmouth for either the Jim Dandy or the Haskell. This whole horse racing manager game is really, really fun. But I just think Morello may not be a two-turn horse at this point.
0: God, Messier feels like that was the race, you know. Here we go. That was set up some
1: fun with this one
0: for him, and that I think I was just disappointing. Because take all the Baffert transferring this horse, and you know he's in the Yachteen barn. I felt like that race was really. Set up well for him on paper with a couple other Speeds we find out that Forbidden Kingdom He also has a physical issue That's going to keep him off of the derby trail And so Messier Three time winner Bob Hope winner second in the Los Al Futurity, won the Bob Lewis Earned a big figure that day second in the Santa Anita Derby I mean I just wanted more From him in that race what do you think about him Andrew
1: true or false The Santa Anita Derby was The goal
0: I'd say true, it had to be. They needed to win that race to get in. No,
1: they didn't. No. They had to run in the top two. I mean, I we've seen this from Bob Baffert horses before. We have seen Bob Bafford or former Bob Baffert trainees, however, you want to talk about this. We have seen them using the Santa Anita Derby as what it is. It's a prep. A horse losing the Santa Anita Derby. Is not the end of the world, says the guy that cashed big when Medina Spirit went wire-to-wire last year. Now, Messier was up close to the pace, and if you look at the race without fractions, it looks like he had a perfect trip. But, Forbidden Kingdom went pretty quick up front, they were not walking, and it wasn't like Messier wasn't trying late. Keep in mind, that was his first start in two months. I'm not saying he absolutely needed the race or that he was off six months, whatever. I do think maybe he was 90% and not 100% and that he might be sitting on a big improvement when they head to Louisville, Kentucky. Now, what sort of price you're going to get, I'm not sure. If you're going to tell me that Messier, who assuming that points didn't matter and they ran the Kentucky Derby in early April, may have been the favorite, If you're telling me I might get 10 to 1, 12 to 1 on him, that might be my bet. Now, if you're telling me he's going to be 5 to 1 or 6 to 1 and he winds up being the wise guy horse, then no. But at double digits, he intrigues me, and he intrigues me a great deal. I think this is a horse you don't want to throw out simply because he didn't win his last race prior to the Derby. I think that's a very dangerous thing to do.
0: We can have a... a uh, head to head with him and someone else and it's Not mainly it's it's not only That it's because I'm not I wasn't impressed with anything that he had done Leading up to that I I wasn't Impressed with some of the horses that he beat In his prior races there was one Figure that looked like it was this big Sort of outlier figure that jumped off the page And then in the race that looked like It was really set up on paper for him He got run down By a horse who was stretching out sprinting And he couldn't continue on there so I agree with you in that I'm not always worried about horses that lose their final prep I just Think it might have been if they were thinking it that and t- and playing it that way that's a little Dangerous for a horse who had no points yet and who really did need to at least finish in the top Couple because if for some reason they he wasn't quite cranked and he finished like fourth there They would have lost all chance i I probably want more like twenty to one myself. So we'll have a fun head to head on him if he's one that uh that ends up sneaking into some I'm, of I'm your I'm
1: down for that. that are be tier. fun. But uh, no, it's just it's one of those instances Price. where, as you mentioned, if that horse runs fourth, he wasn't good enough to be in the Derby to start with. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not as concerned about that as maybe I probably should be. But I think there's something there, and I think there's a chance we get a pretty significant overlay based on what his win chances actually are.
0: Let's get to Zozos
1: All right
0: Second in the Louisiana Derby Two for three lightly raced He's number 17 on the points list Just feels like it might be a little much For him too soon Another horse who I would not be shocked To see him start to peak later in the year In some of the bigger races in the second half of the season But I don't I I don't know if he will be In the mix for me What do you think about the lightly raced Zozos
1: if early voting doesn't go Who's faster than Zozos early
0: I know he he's going to be really close up And like you said as more of these speed horses Start dropping out of it You, you can't help but to just Upgrade him a little bit each time right. right
1: and and also he's Lightly raced and still moving forward This horse was two for two Before he ran into epicenter in the Louisiana Derby and when epicenter Came and got him Zozos Had every right to spit the bit And stop instead he hangs on for second ahead of Pioneer of Medina, who sure looked like he was going right by him at the top of the stretch. I think there's something here. I think this is Brad Cox's best chance at a Derby winner. I don't know if he's good enough to win, but if I'm playing exactas and Trifectus, trifectas, I'm not leaving him off my ticket, especially if they decide to wait on early warning, if maybe one or two of the other speed horses either draws terribly or what have you. I think Zozos has a big shot to factor in this race at a really nice price.
0: Number 18, Summer is Tomorrow is your runner-up from the UAE Derby two-time winner. Again, I mean, Summer is Tomorrow is one who, I I have a hard time with these UAE Derby horses just until I see it, until I see a little bit more success. Can you make a case for this one?
1: No, I can't. The only case I can make is the UAE Derby offers 40 points to the second-place finisher. Someone had to run second, and these connections opted to come over and take their shot. I wish them luck. If you were running a bet as to which horse finishes last, my money probably goes here.
0: We get to number 19, Charge it. He was very good in the Florida Derby He was second there He's one for three, but his other two races were really nice efforts He worked on April the 15th at Palm Beach Downs Lightly raced, should be forwardly placed in here, Andrew He's one that I'm warming up a little bit more to also He's because of the the scenario that you're talking about Some of these horses who feel like they're going to be close up are deciding not to run in here Or maybe they're getting injured Or something's going on And charge It, he's still around And he's lightly raced He can take a step forward I probably won't have him on the win end But if he's a big price And you know he can hang around for a share That's what it'll all come down to I think with him What kind of a price are we going to get
1: This is a fascinating story Because It's second lifetime start That one turn mile race Where he ran off the screen Was impressive enough To where when Mo Mo Donegal Drew a far outside post In the Fountain of Youth And spiked a light temperature Todd Pletcher did not hesitate He opted to send Mo Donegal To the Wood Memorial Because he knew Or at least had significant confidence in Charge it being a runner And charge it ran well In the Florida Derby to be second It was his first start around two turns He sort of ran in spurts But again you have an inexperienced horse Going two turns for the first time That's going to happen My one concern is White of Barrio was sort of walking Coming home and Charger couldn't quite come And get him but If you're looking for a horse to move forward Out of that race to potentially be A factor in Kentucky I don't Think it's the winner I think it's this horse
0: I agree I like him better than I like White of Barrio Number 20 now is Happy Jack And it Uh, it has been said that Rafael Bejarano Will ride Happy Jack in the Kentucky Derby so he was third in the San Felipe He was third in the Santa Anita Derby The problem is he really wasn't close In either of those races He was well, well beaten He's kind of a plotter He should have no problem with distance But I... I can't really get there with Happy Jack as a horse to use For a barn and connections that I would love to see Win the Derby, absolutely love him But uh, Happy Jack seems like one of the longer shots in the field Because he hasn't been close against the top tier And I don't even know if I think that the Santa Anita Derby horses Are the top tier in here
1: So someone had to run third Behind Taiba and Messier in the Santa Anita Derby And Happy Jack did that Happy Jack is now a grade one placed horse that probably got himself a stud career based off of that race. Good for him. Good for the connections. We know Doug O'Neill can win this race. He's done it a couple of times before we know Rafael Bayerano is an excellent rider. I think he has a low key hall of fame case. This is a guy with 4,256 wins who's still riding prominently on a pretty big circuit. Wouldn't be surprised if he winds up retiring with 5,000, which is sort of the magic number. But it's tough to make a case for this horse Just based on what we see on paper
0: We get to uh, the horses that are On the outside looking in right now We'll talk about number 21 and 22 Pioneer of Medina, 4th in the Risen Star 3rd in the Louisiana Derby He worked on April the the 8th and the 15th At Palm Beach Downs Number 21, Pioneer of Medina And I guess number 22 in due time Who was 2nd in the Fountain of Youth 3rd in the Lexington Those two are uh, on the outside looking in Andrew
1: so we know Pioneer of Medina Can go a distance of ground Because prior to the Louisiana Derby He threw his jock and wound up Running off a little bit I thought for sure they were going to scratch that horse They did not They examined him He was fine Jockey gets back up Pioneer of Medina runs a decent third Behind Epicenter and Zozos um, You have to think maybe he runs second If he doesn't you know, show up those annex prior to the race But hey Young horses, these are three-year-olds Doing a lot of things for the first time, people Uh, In my opinion More of a Belmont horse than a Derby horse We'll see if he gets in In due time, I liked a lot In both the Fountain of Youth and the Lexington In the Fountain of Youth Paco Lopez made a stupid move That wound up compromising Two horses and their jockeys In that race, we learned That in due time had talent But he didn't like being Inside of horses What does Paco Lopez do in the Lexington? Right along the rail, taking dirt in in due time's face. Shocker, in due time, runs third as the beaten favorite in that particular race. He now has 24 points. Wouldn't be at all surprised if another jock is on him after those last two rides. Incidentally, we're taping this on Tuesday. Paco Lopez put forth a couple of really bad rides on Saturday at Keeneland. Go watch some of the tapes. It's not good for him, and that's even before you get to the whole unsafe to horses and riders around him thing. Just ugh.
0: So that is one through twenty-two uh, in the current Kentucky Derby standings. Let's uh, let's shift on over because Andrew, I think a lot of times people will point, uh, will post their Derby top tens or their Derby list. They'll have Derby segments, but you don't hear as much love for the Phillies, and this is a darn group. Darn good group of Phillies This year a very talented group As we shift over we'll look at like the Top 15 I guess we'll, let's, co- let's Call it a 16 with ain't easy who is Third in the San Anita prep races and then uh, Those will be the uh, the Phillies we take A look at number one Kathleen O, 150 Points she's four for four undefeated She won the Devona Dale in the Gulfstream Park Oaks wins at Gulfstream and at Aqueduct she did work April the 16th At Keeneland these top I mean, three Catalino, Echo Zulu, Nest, Secret Oath Kind of feel like they are a top, top tier of really talented fillies So I don't think anyone's going to be an overwhelming favorite in here When it feels like money should be spread around from four to five horses
1: Yeah, I feel like there are four horses And then there's a gap to the rest Uh, And if you're going to make money You need to take a stand against one of those horses in a top group in order to sort of maximize your income on your investment. Kathleen Noah is at the top of the point standings, and there is a lot of pace signed on in the Kentucky Oaks. I know for a fact a couple of my friends over at Racing Dudes really, really, really like this horse because they know she can rate and come from home with a devastating turn of foot. I'm not sure what she has beaten at Gulfstream Park, but she certainly looked good doing it. And when Suge he gets horses on the right track, They tend to stay there Would not be at all surprised if she winds up Rallying to get the money She would probably be my second choice In the field right now
0: Echo Zulu, 5 for 5 Your 2 year old champ, Breeders Cup Juvenile Phillies winner, Fairground Oaks Winner when she returned this year She has some local works At Churchill Downs on April the 10th April the 17th Echo Zulu It's amazing to think that she's undefeated She was your Breeders Cup winner And I mean, she may not be favored in this race I, I, okay. I actually don't know I mean, I'm trying to think about it right now Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked If one of three or four horses actually Were favored in this race I, do, you, do you Have a preference of who you think Is going to take the most money?
1: Alright, Gino, we're going to try to play this game again And I really hope you took the hint the first time True or false The Fairgrounds Oaks was the goal
0: Well, no, not at all
1: Exactly and- there are a lot. There are people out there who are knocking that particular. But see, race. I
0: think I think for her, I feel like it's different because we knew for her she was going to be in the Oaks, and we knew that that was sort of the game plan for her. I think I thought for Messier it was sort of and mainly because of everything that happened with Baffert, right? And that maybe that's something that plays into my head that shouldn't. The whole he didn't have points. Did they wor- were they worried about points more than they were worried about trying to get their horse to peak at the right time? For the Derby, I, I don't well, know there. I do they, know with with, I do feel like that had to be the case with Echo Zulu, who didn't come back and run quite as well as she may have been impressively in her races last year at two, right? But like you said, that wasn't the goal. But I still think because of that, because she hasn't been as impressive, that will probably have others take a little bit more money. Promise? Yeah. I okay, mean,
1: okay. Would, would you would you be
0: like that. what? If Secret Oath dropping out of a race against the boys ended up being a slight seven to two, three to one-ish favorite in a race where you've got four horses that are five to one or under, and then you know they're they're literally in that range, and then everybody else is a big bomb. Because I'm thinking Echo Zulu, Nest, Kathleen O, Secret Oath are in a tier that are all pretty close to each other. And just from like Gaging the the feel of it I don't know if people are as impressed with Echo Zulu and I'm not saying that I I Have any problems with her I just don't think she's going To be if she is favored I think It's going to be really close between all of Them I don't I would have said A few months ago Echo Zulu if She comes back and wins she's going to be your Heavy favorite but we've seen some nice Phillies Jump up
1: we have Having said that If Echo Zulu is anything close To a playable price and I She might even be favored and still be playable for me. If she's 3-1 to or 7-2, to I think that is an overlay based on the horse we saw as a two-year-old. I think she's going to be coming back second off the bench and run huge in the Kentucky Oaks. If you're going to make money on this particular race, you need to take a stand and you need to be right. To me, Echo Zulu's second off the layoff is going to be very, very tough. And the workout to watch with her Is not going to be the workout prior to the Kentucky Oaks It's going to be the workout prior to that one We're recording this on Tuesday So it'll probably be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever The Steve Asmussen workout pattern That I love and that I swear by Is he sends a horse out fast Two works prior to a race That's the big work If you see five furlongs in 58-59 And then you see a four furlong work in 50 The horse is on the right track And he's just trying to keep the horse fit And in the right frame of mind I think Echo Zulu is an immensely talented filly And if she gets back to the form that we saw at 2 With all due respect to Kathleen Owen I've got a lot of it Especially with how this race might wind up With all due respect to Secret Oath I think the race goes through this one
0: I didn't know what to think of Nest Until the Ashland and, And that race wowed me And I don't want to be prisoner of the moment But what I like about this Ashland Suncoast Demoiselle winner Who's won her last three She's got wins at Keeneland, Tampa, Aqueduct, and Belmont Those are a completely different type of racetracks Where they play out way different I like this one a lot A, a, A few weeks ago, she wouldn't have been on my radar at all But in watching her win and in sort of diving into her a little bit I'm, I'm liking her quite a bit, Andrew Nest is number 3 on the points list She is 4 for 5
1: I really wish the coaching club American Oaks Was still a mile and a half Because this horse is another one That is bred to go as long as you will run horses By Curlin out of an AP&D mare Yeah, a mile and eighth was never going to be a problem With this one Just never was My problem, I don't think she beat much in the Ashland I know it was an incredibly impressive effort and I, I know it came back sharp on figs but and looking at that race, she's supposed to win impressively, and she did. Which, to be fair, you'll want to see that. But
0: and and I think was, that all of them, if you and and what's sort of cool about this race is, I think we can probably say that for Kathleen O, Echo Zulu, Nest, and Secret Oath, maybe. You know all well, of all of the, all of the prep Zulu winner. Echo
1: Zulu is she doesn't have a misfire on her sheet and she's beaten everybody she's run against. That's the other big and, thing. Now, well, I mean, so me- to
0: counter that, Nest is four for five and has beaten every. She's lost one race. She's won at all the different racetracks and she seems to be peaking a little bit more now than Echo Zulu. See, so I don't. I think for all of that's what makes to me this race fascinating. Oh, I it's don't a know, great
1: betting race. You're going to get a price on whatever horse you like.
0: I don't know which of these groups Like I feel like in the derby at least You and I are looking at the groups And going okay maybe the the Arkansas group wasn't as good And you know what one of those horses can jump up and win Sure but I think we can kind of agree That they weren't I don't know if there's general Consensus with like The groups of fillies at least Because it's sort of harder there's not as much depth In each track where you're like oh yeah these were the three Kind of prep fillies over there I just kind of think that each one of these fillies Were really good were kind of the best of their bunch Beat up on them and now it seems It's kind of that fascinating Why we like a race like the Oaks Where you've got all these horses Who locally and, or in their Little spots just, just cleaned house Kathleen O, Echo Zulu, Nest And Secret Oath was so impressive She decided to uh, to take on the boys And I'm not ready to completely discount One more who we'll get to in, uh, in just a couple but Nest I'm a little higher on than Andrew We'll see what kind of price Nest is as we get to number four, Ugiri, two-time winner, won the Grade Three Fantasy Third in the Honeybee, second in the Golden Rod, so has run well at Churchill Downs, and has three races at Churchill: a win and two seconds. Worked on April the sixteenth over at Keeneland. What do you think about Ugiri coming up from the uh, the Oaklawn Philly preps?
1: I think she was the main beneficiary from Secret Oath going to the Arkansas Derby because she capitalized on the fantasy and is now going in the Kentucky Oaks. With there was also the horses. second
0: choice in that race was going to what ended up having to be removed from the race. So that race completely changed in like, a week leading up to it when sure. the horses who would have been probably the two horses to beat, Weren't in there. Now, again, we can't take anything away from a horse like this. She can only beat who's in front of her. But I, I sort of feel the same way. I think where you were going with her.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the race two back in the Honeybee. Secret Oath won that race by seven and a half lengths. Yugiri was third, beaten almost ten. I can't see her making up that kind of ground.
0: Let's get to number five, Desert Dawn, who. Was your Santa Anita Oaks winner, she was fourth in the Santa Isabel, fourth in the Starlet She's a deep closer, Andrew, who I was always, like, waiting for the race And I would just be, uh, I, end, I just gave up on her in 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 the scenario that she was in I, I just thought it was going to be tough for her in small fields Where she was going to be trying to run down horses who had a lot more tactical speed than her But what she did end up catching was a race on paper where the top two or three all went at each other early on And she got a really nice trip She came from off the pace And she was able to uh, to stock, pounce, and capitalize Is she good enough though To compete with you know the top tier Of these really nice fillies
1: So I was on a live stream With the racing dudes folks On this particular Saturday And I looked at the form And we watched the race And I looked at the form again And I went Guys, could any of you see anything that we might have missed with this horse at 14 to 1? Everyone looked and went, nope, nope, we didn't see it. And it's a case where you'll look at this race. She did luck into the right trip, and maybe Adari Manor just didn't fire her best shot in that particular race. But I, she would need to step forward off of that and move forward significantly in her first start in Kentucky in order to run against horses like Kathleen O, Echo Zulu Secret Oath, Nest No thanks
0: The horseshoe might be the best price in here and, and the most fun horse to to throw in for me In like a pick 4 or pick 5 Because she won't be the price of that Tier of horses that I'm thinking are going to take The the bulk of the money It's nostalgic She won her last two She won an allowance optional claiming pretty impressively Then she won the gazelle And and. She comes in from New York but she has wins at Belmont Aqueduct and at Gulfstream Park I like when these horses have wins at multiple tracks they don't Seem like they're horse for courses and then They come over to Churchill Downs Very capable connections here I think Nostalgic is a little Bit sneaky Andrew and maybe a horse that Could be flying under the radar and This could be a nice what 15 I'm thinking in my head like 15 To one shot in this Entire,
1: race Entirely possible and Her record looks far better if you toss the dud she ran in the Swedish chant when she was ninth. That that was a turf race. She's not a turf horse. They tried something with her. It didn't work. They ran her in allowance optional claimer at Gulfstream. She wins. They ran her in the Gazelle at Aqueduct. She did benefit from a perfect rail skimming ride to come and catch the favorite that day. She ran fine. I just think, again, and I'm going to be a broken record on this, I just think the top four horses in this particular race are leagues above anything else. And if you're going to bet on any other horse to do anything, you're betting on at least one of those four horses to not fire. Now, that could obviously happen. And Nostalgic is going the right way for a guy in Bill Mott that, much like Shig McGahey, when he gets horses going in the right direction, they tend to stay there. Based on figures, the gazelle didn't come back all that great. She'll need to take a step forward. Others would have to regress. But she does have the right running style. She does have the right pedigree. I've heard worse arguments for throwing a price in third on a trifecta ticket.
0: She because I see that that for me. She's the only when when in right now and looking at this field, she's the only horse that seems like a legitimate win candidate to me outside of those. Horses that were extremely dominant and, and are going to take a lot more money. Because I don't think anyone out that we'll talk about once we get past Secret Oath is a legit win candidate unless we have a. Cra- Unless we have one of these situations where like everybody starts worrying about themselves And we see all these top horses go after each other early and something crazy happens right We see crazy results but as far as the way that I'm looking at this race coming in Nostalgic might be the the most intriguing price horse that I think can actually still win this race Because we get to a horse like Venti Valentine who she beat And I just don't think she's a mile and an aether. Their connections have actually said They think she's a little bit better at going shorter But you're in the Oaks You're going to take a shot She won the Busher She was second in the Demoiselle Second in the Gazelle She's three for five Would you have any reason to believe That she could turn the tables on nostalgic And then beat a tougher group here in the Oaks?
1: I'm a New York bred I will always root for New York breds This is a cool story Horse always seems to fire She's going to make a lot of money later in the year In races for New York breds This isn't the race to back her
0: Secret oath number 8 4 for 7 and she got really Good from December to February She won 3 in a row she won the Martha Washington she won the Honeybee She has a win at Churchill Downs She was 3rd in the Arkansas Derby Versus the boys when she didn't have the best Of trips and she was very good in that Race and, and made a legitimate move She worked at Churchill Downs recently On April the 15th What do you think about the coach And secret oath
1: I think it's very interesting that Luis Saez is available and will take them out. Uh, D. Wayne Lucas spoke very highly of Luis Contreras after the honeybee. There weren't a lot of pleasantries between those two after the Arkansas Derby. It was a very rough trip, and I don't know how much of that was Contreras' fault. But at a minimum, she was second best that day, given the trip that she had and the adversity that she had from start to finish. She still ran a decent third in that particular race. The jury is out as far as who she beat in her prior races. And again, as we've mentioned, the Arkansas route, not the strongest as far as the boys are considered. Having said that, based on figures, she's certainly a major player in this particular race. Luis Saez is as good a rider as there is in the country. We know Secret Oath has tactical speed. We also know she doesn't necessarily need the lead. There's a lot to like in here with this horse, and I think Dwayne Lucas brings in a very, very live contender and a scary horse. If, like me, you like Echo Zulu and you think she's sitting on a big race too,
0: if uh, if they're close, maybe we do a, a matchup with them with Secret Oath and Echo Zulu. I prefer Secret Oath. Do you prefer Echo Zulu, or, or I, are you?
1: I, I still do, yes, yeah, I, okay. I, so I maybe we'll if they're close in
0: price. We can do that one uh, for. Uh, we we, we for might
1: need to do a uh, a Christian Chris Jericho style wager for one Canadian dollar. We should, we will to get a wrestling reference in yes. There somewhere. <laughs> yes, ha-
0: had to had to. Um, so secret oath uh, number eight on the list. We get to number nine. Goddess of fire, who was. A Minor awards in the Gulfstream Park Oaks In the Rachel Alexandra In the Gasparilla at Tampa And in the Pocahontas at Churchill Worked on April the 14th at Palm Beach Downs But I think, as I had mentioned before Once we get through these Like 8 through 16 that we're talking about Uh, 9 through 16 now I mean maybe different combinations of underneath horses There might be a couple that I like more than the others But I don't really have anything About Goddess of Fire that sticks out to me And that makes me think this is a horse who could Beat some of these others, turn the tables On a lot of others who have gotten the better of her before I cannot Again, I understand why these connections take chances In here, but she feels like a horse who If she was running in, what is it, the 8 bells That she would Be like a major player in there yeah, you know, for sure, one I, of those she, other prep races that was yeah. a great at stakes on the undercard.
1: She ran really well, I thought, in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. The only problem was she ran into a very, very nice horse in the form of Kathleen O. If you look at the chart, Goddess of Fire was seventeen and a quarter lengths clear of that day's third place finisher. She ran really well that day and still got beat pretty soundly. Uh, Maybe this is the horse that I put in third on my tries just in case two of the top four don't fire. I mean, you're getting a Todd Pletcher trained horse at a pretty big price. I've heard worse arguments here. She does not win. And I say that both with her chances for the Kentucky Oaks and what she's established in her career. She won first time out and has gone winless since. I think there is a chance she could run third or fourth and clunk up for a nice piece of it. And I understand why the connections are taking a shot here. This is a talented Philly. It's just, she might be, you know how there are some NBA drafts where, you know, the top four players are going to be studs.
0: Our franchise players, future hall of famers. And
1: You're backing a team that has the number five pick and you know, you're
0: screwed. You're like, ah, so.
1: Someone's going to drop at, to
0: us, and yeah. we're going to we're inevitably going to make the wrong pick. But yes. you're right; she's on, It's a tough year for her because other years, you'd feel like she'd have a legitimate shot at maybe at finishing in the money. For sure, like, yeah, and she still might, but and she still could.
1: Those, yeah, it, it's just one of those instances where there's no path, I think, to her winning this race. And I think the best her connections can hope for is running third or fourth. If I'm playing tries, I'll throw her in underneath because. To be fair, she's an honest horse Her, mm-hmm. form, her figures are getting be better fair. There is some stuff to like here It's just, it's way too big a leap to think she's a wing contender
0: Number 10, Turner Luce Three-time winner, won the Rachel Alexandra Was fourth in the Fairground Oaks Worked on April the 15th at Churchill Downs It is Turner Loose, a horse that'll be on your radar?
1: Turner Luce uh, came out of nowhere to win the Rachel Alexandra. Yeah. And I know this because I ran two, three, four in that day's pick four. I remember because I was <sighs> in Hawaii on uh, my long suffering girlfriend and I were in a lift headed to where we wound up having dinner. And I watched the race on my phone. I couldn't bet on it from Hawaii, but I watched the race on my phone and I'm watching, I'm going this horse is 17 to one. This is a turf horse. What the heck is this horse doing on dirt? What the heck is this horse doing in front What the heck is this horse doing not stopping Um, Yeah, I thought that was the day You bet, unturn her loose She came back to earth in the fairgrounds oaks I I don't think there's a path for this one either
0: Number 11, Hidden Connection Your Pocahontas winner at 2 And was 4th in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile was 4th in the Rachel And that was the race where She was sitting in second And unfortunately the horse who was leading Took a bad step And had to be pulled up out of the race And Hidden Connection like Inherited the lead and ended up getting a really nice trip And may have needed the race that day Came back, ran better in the Fairground Oaks Behind Echo Zulu Did work on April the 15th at Churchill I just, I don't know why she'll be able to Improve and turn the tables on Echo Zulu When Echo Zulu Probably needed the race and should step forward Out of there that's again another Instance where she's a talented Philly I don't really have very Many knocks on her I just don't think she's Quite as good as some of the others and I don't Have reason to believe I didn't See trouble I don't have reason to Project her improvement more than some Of the other horses to me she's probably not Going to be on most of my exotics
1: Yeah nice horse this is a horse that was very impressive last year in taking the Pocahontas stakes. I actually played a cold exacta using Echo Zulu and hidden connection in the breeders cup juvenile Phillies. Uh, as it turned out, I was oh, about three and a half months early because that was the cold exacta in the fairgrounds Oaks. Uh, you know, one of these times I'm going to be right with those things on the right day, but uh, now, this is a nice horse to me. This seems like an eight bells type of horse. I think, this horse is a miler. I'm not sure we want a mile and an eighth with this one, but it just again, nice horse. I
0: completely agree. I would love her in the 8 yeah, bells. Yes. Nice horse, unlucky year. Number 12 Cocktail Moments. She's a big long shot that I absolutely am going to use in like the 3 and 4 spots. And and probably even like a second spot too. I don't think she's good enough to win, but she will close. She broke her maiden at Churchill. She was third in the Untappable at Fairgrounds. She was third in the Devona Dale. She was second in the Ashland. She will pick some pieces up late. She did show some late interest. I don't think she's in the same talent league with the top horses, but I don't think that all four or five of those horses that we're projecting as the the really nice fillies in here, I don't think all of them show up and run their best races. I think maybe two do and maybe two or three don't. And I think this is the type of horse who... Could really spice things up Does she seem good enough to me to win This race no but will she be on My tickets in some underneath spots Yes I like that Churchill experience I like that she can pass some tired horses When I know some of these are going to be backing Up give me some cocktail moments underneath Andrew um, as one of the Big long shots that I don't mind using in here
1: I'm not going to talk you off of a price But personally like I mentioned I just don't think the Ashland was all That special in terms of quality and she would need to step forward in a pretty considerable way to tackle not just Nest, but all the others. Uh, This is a really, really tough ask for a horse that's still eligible for a non-winner's a one. Again, you're going to get a ridiculous price, and you're going to get a ridiculous price with some very, very capable connections. I I just can't see it.
0: Number 13, Candy Raid, a three-time winner, won the Bourbonette Oaks. So, taking the synthetic route, has worked recently at Keeneland on April the 16th. Is this a horse you can make a case for? No. Yeah. Um,
1: it, it, I, I wish I could be a little bit more delicate. Me
0: but no. 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 I
1: mean, looking at this horse's career, one for a tag in July at Ellis Park won an allowance at Delta Downs. I love me some Delta Downs, love me some Don Stevens, love all the people down there, first-class people, but it's a long way from an allowance at Delta Downs on New Year's Eve to the Kentucky Oaks. And again, we're in a situation where, because Churchill Downs owns Turfway Park, Turfway Park's races suddenly matter. Um, In a 50-point prep on the wrong surface, please fix this
0: yeah number 14 is Shahama, who won the UAE Oaks back on February the 18th. has worked at Palm Beach on April the 14th. I you know, I would la- I would love to. I would love to get creative, but I, I just can't with a horse like this.
1: I don't know. I, I I want this horse to do well just simply because it's a really cool story. You get a horse coming from halfway across the world that's done nothing wrong over there. and look, if you like this horse, you're going to get a horse that's four for four. That's going to be 30 to 1 or there Thereabouts. I'm not going to talk you off Of this horse, but man is this A tough renewal of the Oaks
0: Number 15 is Shotgun Hottie. She has won her last three Races over at Aqueduct. She's a two-time Winner. Uh, she did win the Ruthless. She was Second in the Busher, third in the Gazelle uh, Positive for her. She broke her maiden At Churchill. Anything to Endorse about Shotgun Hottie
1: Consistent horse Nice horse Cut below the others
0: Andrew, I really hope the final filly we talk about Ends up running in the eight bells I really hope she does I like this filly a lot, ain't easy She, going into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Fillies last year She probably would have been your third choice in that race She had two excellent races to begin her career She went from five and a half And then she stretched out in her second start In one going long You know there's ability And then she had a physical issue She was gone And she, she had to miss the Breeders' Cup she was gone for the early part of this year. She came back, and in her two spots, it, she ran almost exactly like you would think a horse who probably needed the race and needed a little bit. In her first start, she was sitting in a spot down on the inside. It, it wasn't the best of spots. She was kind of in in down on down on the rail, and she didn't like it. She tried to get off the rail and she was just a little bit flat late. And then I love that they tried to get aggressive with her. In her last start they wanted to put her on the front end And it was tough because she battled with the horse Who just has a little bit more seasoning And a little bit more foundation And then both of those two horses actually set it up For a horse coming off the pace So she did actually She ended up losing to a stable mate which is funny Who kind of looked a little bit better in the mornings But I like this horse a lot Andrew I've been following her from last year I just don't this isn't the spot for her right now. The spot for her is going a little bit shorter where she could use some of that tactical speed, have a little more punch. She would be like a 10 to 1 shot in the 8 bells that I would love to bet. I just I hope that's the route they end up going with her cuz I don't even know if she will end up getting in or not or if they choose to but just if you're listening to this and at the very end, keep an eye on her down the line, because I think there's a big race or two out there for her, but I, 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 right now I get the feel that it's more likely one of those one-turn kind of sprint three-year-old Philly races.
1: Uh, I would tend to agree with wanting a little bit shorter, and I would also love to see her on turf. Her damn Amer Australia was group three placed on turf in Australia. Uh, By Fastnet Rock, there's a lot of turf influence there. The second dam was a horse named Hard Ashley, who was a very, very good sprinter for Steve Asmussen in the late 2000s. There's a lot of sprint pedigree there. There's some turf pedigree there. We know this horse was precocious and has shown some talent. I agree with you. Just seems to me like she's a little bit better going one turn or a little bit shorter than the mile and an eighth would indicate. Talented, talented filly, though.
0: Andrew Champagne, thank you buddy, this was a lot of fun Taking a a little inventory right now To see where everybody sort of stands And some of the horses that have have already gotten A a work or two in their prep Heading uh, to the Oaks or to The Derby, and I'm sure you and I Will be touching base again in the next few weeks I'll have you back to, uh, to help Preview one of those prep races, as you and Darren have always helped me with those, and tell everybody what uh, what you've got coming up. You mentioned some of the uh, the weekly pieces that you've been doing uh, on the Pollock Report. Uh, tell us some of the other work that you have, and uh, and where we can find you there and follow along in the in the next few weeks leading up to the Derby.
1: Sure. So the Derby bubble over on Pollock Report is something that the fine folks over there have been gracious enough to allow me to do. It's been a lot of fun doing that. Also, my job for Katina Media includes some analysis over on Playfecta, the horse racing website there. been a lot of fun trying to get that off the ground and putting my content out there for for people to take a look at. I'll have Pick 4 stuff over there. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Champagne. Also, might be dipping my toe in the water in the form of video game streaming over on Twitch. Keep an eye out for that. I actually have a uh, capture card waiting for me in my mailbox down below when I'm done here, so... Excited to be able to unbox that and uh, potentially get some stuff hooked up. But uh, definitely a good time to have the itch to create some really cool content. And look, I'm serious. Last year's Kentucky Derby Day was one of the better days of my handicapping career. Uh, If you want the Medina spirit money and you feel it was ill-gotten, much like Charlton Heston with his guns, you can come and take it from me from my cold, dead hands. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, it's, it's a fun day. It's a lot of fun. And the thing that we need to stress is it's not just one race on one day. It's three full days of really, really good racing. Public service announcement, by the way, Thurby is not a word. It is an absurd marketing campaign. (laughs) Do not use the word. You will sound stupid. And I will think far less of you. But the racing is as high quality as you're going to see all year. It's always a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me on, Gino, and I'm looking forward to coming back, talking some wrestling, talking some horse racing. We do a lot over here.
0: Gosh, I know. I, I take advantage of you in any way that I possibly can. So that's what friends are for, right? That's, a, that's what good friends are for. And I got one of the best ones in uh in Andrew Champagne. You have a great night, buddy. As uh, he mentioned if we mentioned a few times, we recorded this late Tuesday night. So if anything had happened between uh Tuesday and, and Thursday to, to Friday when most of you will listen to this, I'll have uh, put a little update on at the at the beginning. So we'll uh we'll be revisiting these fields in just a few weeks. Don't go anywhere, folks. We have a lot more to discuss on That's What G Said.
2: So you want to set the mood. You're looking for
0: something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, baby. Sets for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. C E R A
2: Dot com. And don't forget... Promo code GINO
0: gets you 10% off. Mm -mm. Big thanks to Andrew for helping us out there. We'll continue to monitor the points list over the next few weeks. We'll see if we hear of any horses that are uh, uh, not going to be pointing towards the Derby or the Oaks. And we'll touch base with Andrew again in the few days leading up and get some final thoughts on those races and probably one or two others on the undercard there. Let's finish this up with... This week in wrestling with Chad Cooper We get into our Smackdown recap We dive into everything going on On Monday Night Raw, NXT And AEW It's this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper
1: Here it is folks Fight of the night And trying to claim that belt once and for all It's this week's wrestling Recap Alright, come down And here he is Your hometown hero Your reigning champ Go on,
0: and only, Chad Cooper! It's time for this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. You'll notice, uh, you don't hear the Gardeners today? I put a dead fish in their car. I, got the, uh, I think they got the message, Coop. They knew They knew it was me in the feud. I love the, uh, Italian thing, right? You got to leave them the dead fish like like Tony D would do. <laughs> you know i was wondering
2: I, I knew you made so much money i knew you d- you didn't forget to pay the bill yeah and so i figured you know you got the you got the old uh family involved there and just uh dead fished them, man that's exactly
0: uh, exactly man, that's they' nice know it's- gimmick that's their car over there, right? That's their car. I love, I love Tony the D. Gino. Just make it. that's their car over there, right? We'll uh, we'll have some fun getting into WWE, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and AEW. Gotta say, Coop, I thought this week was kind of a lackluster week. It just didn't seem like anything was all that spectacular between WWE and uh, and AEW in particular. It's sort of the the kind of the ho hum after WrestleMania, which I always think is sort of a bad. A bad move by WWE uh, You know they, they were out there Talking and, and uh, Promoting how incredible The uh, Social media response And how many people were watching Wrestlemania this year And all the interactions that they had and, and wouldn't it be a perfect time Right in the weeks right after Just to say hey look we got a bunch of eyeballs On us right now let's just go for it Let's do a I- bunch of awesome stuff Right now in the next few weeks
2: you know, I think you said it a while back. They, we give the they get so much credit. I I think they they know they can turn it on and off whenever they want to, and we the WWE universe we allow it.
0: I know and it gets I it's frustrating. That, that
2: hurt, yeah, and it hurts us because I'm with you. Yeah, look the the social media numbers for WWE are staggering to begin with. After WrestleMania weekend, I mean. Just, I know people that make a living on YouTube with YouTube streams and YouTube channels and they make a decent money. There's a couple of people I know that have over a million subscribers. I know a couple that have 500, 700 and they get paid. Just imagine the check that YouTube cuts to WWE for just their YouTube streaming content because now what we've seen, Uh, Over the last couple of weeks since the ratings are a little bit quote unquote boring for some companies now we're comparing YouTube stream numbers and segments, (laughs) uh, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I I don't care about it. But just imagine the money that WWE makes just off the YouTube streams and then the ads they put on there. But I'm with you. I would have started all kind of new call ups, feuds, and there are starting to do a little bit of that. But it just seems like this backlash pay-per-view That really,
0: you know it I I almost we, like it handcuffs them Because they it, they go, it, it oh, does, you know We're just going to do some rematches We'll call it Wrestlemania Backlash And maybe, maybe it's a little unfair of us Because if you look ahead at the landscape Of what WWE's got coming up I think they've got Money in the Bank At a stadium show They've got yeah, SummerSlam yeah. at a stadium show they're going to do a Saudi Arabia show So I think there's going to be three or four Like stadium shows In a row coming up That they're going to have to fill big And they're probably going to go crazy for those shows But it does feel like a little bit of a bummer Even this year like the Monday night after Raw There were some interesting things Cody being there was very cool And I think they kind of For good or bad have, have said Oh well on Monday Night Raw we've got Cody who's sort of new So he'll kind of be like the main event Sort of guy there and and that's what you got Which is fine And Cody's everything Cody related I think has been fantastic But it, it hasn't felt like they've done um, A whole lot more They're kind of playing it safe right now As uh, we dive in to WWE Smackdown from last week April the 15th Rhea Ripley beat Naomi uh, Madcap Moss defeated Umberto Drew McIntyre beat Sami Zayn As he ran off again Ricochet got a W How about that I, I did not think Ricochet was going to win the match I thought they were just going to have him out there to lose Get it on ginder, and then maybe have ginder be like a transitional champ And then we'd get it to Madcap Moss in a few weeks Something like that but hey Ricochet Got the win and Riddle Beat Jimmy Uso that was all on Friday night on Smackdown so Coop we opened up uh, With Randy Orton And um, Orton and Riddle Talked with the Usos and we've had Really good stuff From these two tag teams Sort of being one of the major major Parts of both Raw and Smackdown Over the last couple weeks They're going to be leading to a Tag team championship unification match At Wrestlemania Backlash I think the match will be fantastic I don't know if I really like The unifying of all the titles With the two separate shows On two separate networks That's the one thing That the tag titles I can sort of understand Because WWE doesn't always have Greatest deepest tag divisions On both shows And so maybe you have a tag team that goes back and forth I don't know if I like it for every Title and it seems like we're heading Maybe in that direction with at least a couple
2: So we talked about Backlash How it's going to be <clears throat> some recycled stuff This is one of the matches I'm really looking Forward to and isn't it crazy How it seems like the Outside of Cody Rhodes As you said and we'll get to Raw in just in just A second Outside of Roman Reigns which there's got to be something there with an injury. I'm not saying he's, you know, the guy's not going to work SmackDown in the ring all the time, but something, something's amiss because there's no real challenger stepping up for Roman Reigns right now, as of right now. So, man, they have elevated these tag team titles, uh, both SmackDown and Raw, to basically your main event title picture for Backlash, so it seems. And I, I think we're going to get a phenomenal, a phenomenal match. I love the storyline. RK Bro has been fantastic. The Usos are always good. We are starting to get a lot, especially on Raw, of some of the, you know, RK Bro versus Street Profits or the Alpha Academy. We are still still getting a lot of that, which are really good matches. But but this match is very very intriguing because um, they're leading us to believe they're going to be unified. I think they. I feel as if they will be. Uh you know it looks like the the US and, and intercontinental are go, are going to stay minute even though we have a new intercontinental champion or United States champion um I just uh I'm with you I just don't know what this does yeah, I don't. to program and viewership and if you have one guy or one tag team that goes back and forth which we see with The women's tag team titles, which that's not a very good. They do The problem is
0: they don't do a good job booking it with what with the (sighs) the history that we have with them.
2: No, and it takes and it takes some spots, right? And and it takes a spot or two away from somebody else. But I'll I'll say this: it's very intriguing. It's a it's good storytelling with these four, and we really don't know what's going to happen. I'm led to believe that uh, the family. Uh, you know, they're, they're going, the Usos are going to win these titles and unify it. Um, I, I, you know, I would rather them stay on RK, bro. And, uh, and we still lead with them because they're so damn entertaining, dude, in the ring, out of the ring. So it's interesting. There's a good dynamic here. It's a good story. This is one I'm really, really interested in, but back to your previous, previous, uh, you know, opening statement in your monologue, so to speak. I thought wrestling was a little down this week But this was mm-hmm. a high point for Completely me I agree. like RK bro and the Usos
0: There are a few things throughout the shows that are major positives But just overall it, it felt like a little bit um little slow Yeah a little slow uh, We saw Rhea get a win over Naomi We'll talk more about Rhea in a minute when we get to Raw Because this was to set up their uh, their tag team title match On Monday Night Raw And then we got uh, Drew Gulak was trying out to be a member Of the Smackdown broadcast team I actually I actually <laughs> chuckled at this me too. me too I like Drew, he's really entertaining, he's funny And Drew is good in the ring, so I like all of those things And he wanted to try out to be a broadcast uh, He wanted to be <laughs> a, a broadcaster And on, on part of the broadcast team, so he does a backstage interview and he, he does pretty well, you know. In the interview, it was good, it was sharp. He asked all the questions needed. And then afterwards, he was talking to Adam Pierce and he says, Hey, you know, I, um, I, what, what do you think? I'd really like to do more. And, and Char, or he, he interrupts Charlotte talking to her, actually. That's, and he it. Says, yeah, That's yeah. what he does, right? <laughs> so Charlotte's talking to Adam Pierce and he interrupts Charlotte and he says, well, What'd you think? You know, did I get the job? and Charlotte's like did you interrupt me you want this job you come out in the ring and and then when he does interview Charlotte I thought that segment was actually pretty pretty decent he I thought it was yeah yeah he did the great break. yeah he did the great intro for her too right he said yeah, he you know uh coming up it's the 13 time <laughs> women's champion one of the greatest female athletes in, I mean it was a Awesome intro charlotte Flair, You know and she comes out And and then he Was you know what i liked about him it was Kind of like a mean gene you know that's Mean gene used to do the things That he was doing to heels He would say well i You know it sure looked like you were gonna tap Out there yeah you know and then the Heel would say well what do you mean mean gene? you know Mean gene and they'd kind of scoff at me gene And go back like he would interject himself into he would be more than just like the Interviewer you know um, yeah
2: oh yeah He would he would turn on you he, oh he'd sure Get involved in the interview man
0: uh-huh And th- that kind of reminded me a little bit of That where he said well Charlotte You know it looked like the ref was knocked Out and that you were tapping I think Ronda Would have won that match and she said What and Charlotte goes <laughs> nuts On Gulak and uh I, it, it makes you know It makes Charlotte look more Hateable and you sort of like you know Gulak if he's not going to be Presented as a wrestler I don't mind Him in this situation right like I Wouldn't like this happening to Gulak if he was like Some guy that was going to be wrestling for the IC title next week right right but, right, but right. If you're going to have him doing interviews And as part of the broadcast team then That's fine you sort of feel sympathetic for him I actually think he's pretty entertaining and I wouldn't mind Seeing more of an Angle or him do more things sort of Like this
2: well I thought it worked
0: Me too yeah it was
2: good I am with you uh, I look well, I'm a massive Mean Gene fan. Uh, He is the man for me. Um, It it gave me those vibes. I I liked when, uh, you know, uh, he refused to tap, then he tapped out. Hopefully, this is just not a gimmick for him to go back chasing the 24-7 title. The good thing about it was, I don't recall him being in that double wedding ceremony on Monday night. So that, that was that told me they may stick with this and look and if it's funny and entertaining with you and the guy's not going to be wrestling on tv other than like main event matches or dark you know or dark matches at house shows or before or after taping or whatever let him do it because he's really really good at it and you can tell he likes doing it you can tell if somebody's uncomfortable and they stuck him at the table. That was not Terry announced- Taylor
0: doing the, do, remember <laughs> when they used to put him back there? And it the was like.
2: Red, the red freaking
0: rooster. We're like, what is the red rooster Taylor? doing back here with these interactions,
2: man? <laughs> that is awkward. that is really, really good. T- Terry Taylor, quick story, was phenomenal in the ring. Grew up watching him. Oh, in yeah. South UWF. This guy was phenomenal in the ring. When he had to cut a promo, it was, it was like nails on a chalkboard. But this guy's having fun. But man, what a what a throwback! Terry Taylor doing interviews because now I see him in that jacket,
0: right? In that interviews. jacket, and he and, the, and the, just like you it said, knows. it was it was like it was. The problem is Terry Taylor was a very good worker.
2: Oh, he was really good.
0: He man. was good in the ring. He would be a great part of a tag team, like a really good mid card to upper mid card guy, like perfect. But he, he, he wasn't really comfortable on the mic, and so now he's. Having to do interviews, and you could just see people when they're (laughs) uncomfortable. You know, like it's their body language, right? Like they, you see it, like they're holding the mic, and their shoulders sort of look awkward, and they don't really know what, like, what the stand. They're just not comfortable in that setting. They're kind of looking back and forth, and it's so funny. Gulak, Gulak looks good. He looks like he's having fun out there. I thought that was yeah. You,
2: you can, you can tell when a WWE superstar is forced into something and they don't like doing it. You can kind of tell. Um, he was all in. And back to the Rhea Naomi match. I mean, it's a pretty solid match there. Uh, it's funny how we've been talking about Rhea Ripley for, for all this time, and now they're finally doing some things that fits her persona. And this was the start of it. That was a really good match on SmackDown between those two ladies.
0: Madcap Moss picked up a, a W, so they're uh, continuing to build him. We'll probably get a match with him and uh, him and Corbin coming soon. The Oh, uh, we got a uh, Sammy and Drew again, and Sammy ran off, <laughs> ran off through the <laughs> through the crowd again to uh to get Drew a out win. So I'm sure we'll probably end up getting some sort of a cage match, or no, what they say lumberjack We're, match next week, right? Lumberjack next right. week. Lumberjack match. That'll so be that'll fun. be fun. That's
2: gonna yeah. be a fun match. That'll be week. fun on yeah. on
0: uh, on SmackDown too. That's a good like TV match that we'll have next week. So uh, Ricochet cut a little promo, and then Ricochet. The only thing I didn't like about Ricochet's promo is it was, I mean. I just feel bad because Ricochet really cares You could tell he tries He does everything that they ask of him He tries to get better with the promos and stuff I yeah. thought this was It was almost like a little healy, the promo You know, he was just very yeah, like a little odd. It was like, it was kind of reminded me a little bit Of like what Sammy Guevara does Where he's like, look, I'm the best I'm telling you I'm the best, right? I don't think Ricochet doesn't sure. need to tell you how good he is Because everybody loves Ricochet Because he's freaking awesome He can just say, I'm going to go out, you know, like the, the baby face promo for him is fine. He, I know he was, It was it just kind of came off a little, little weird. But the mat, like Ricochet and Ring is good, and I'm glad he gets the win here. Just the same thing that we will keep saying with him over and over. Can we, you know, can we get something from him?
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> storyline, like, not just some matches. I, I want someone. Not knocking the match. I, I want someone. Uh, I want to build. To a championship match on a pay-per-view That's what I'm trying to say with him I don't know who, but uh, You know, preferably someone That that can match his Intensity um, I, I would you. I thought this for sure they were taking the belt off of him I was pleasantly surprised
0: So, this next thing I must have watched and, and replayed this back 25 times I laughed <laughs> so hard So we got uh Ridge and and Seamus and Butch backstage, and they're you know, they're talking and they said they need to get comp Butch to harness his aggression, and you know, and all of a sudden that they, while they're talking, Butch runs off and they can't find him. And so a few <laughs> minutes later, we see Kofi and Xavier, and they're like on a merchandise table in the back and they're talking to each other, and Butch just comes flying from off-screen and just goes like feet. First into Xavier This little five second I, I just was rolling laughing It was so funny because Xavier's just Sitting there talking to Kofi he's like You know and then I'm talking to him And he's saying something <laughs> stupid You know and it's just one of those things where He's not even really saying anything They're just telling him like pretend to talk Because you need yeah. to act like you're. Yeah. This is what happens when you're you know filming something They're like pretend you're to line, talk pal. <laughs> and, then, and here comes Pete freaking done from off screen And he just he, His body just appears And sh- the look that Xavier gives He turns and he's like oh shit And he like falls back <laughs> And Pete's just flying into him. It is so funny and it was just like a nothing Like a nothing thing but the way that they Blocked like the way that they blocked the Segment and the I would just If you haven't seen it out there and you're Listening just go back and watch it from Smackdown Last week you'll know it. it's this two Second clip and you just see co- Xavier's facials and Pete Dunn <laughs> freaking butch flying in out of nowhere. And uh that, that just now made let it. me
2: ask you, let me ask you this. We all hated we're not hated, I'm okay with it because I told you last week and the week before that I was massive little rascals fan. It, it's tough for us to accept change in this world, especially when it involves our, our weekly, nightly entertainment, correct? Yep. Are you starting to warm up to the idea of Pete Butch Dunn? And this little gimmick, because I think he's starting to get really good at it.
0: Yes, I, I am. I, I, I don't. He fits with them. The only thing I didn't like was last week that he lost. Yes, that he got I do, rolled I up. Like
2: that, because it made no sense to the to the gimmick in the storyline.
0: No, it doesn't. Don't make him be stupid. He can be a badass guy. I'm fine. He he actually fits well with Sheamus and Ridge. Like yeah, it makes he does. it makes sense that you would pair those guys together. They're all like just. Guys who aren't really big talkers. They they, the whole thing has always been they just they want to fight and you put them together. Just don't have him losing in sort of goofy roll ups. But I don't. We were speaking about this in the chat. If you know that they're gonna change everybody's names, why even get mad about it? Right, right, right. So we can say if it were me, would I have just probably left his name Pete Dunn? Yes, but do I understand why they want to change these people's real names? From their characters because they want As the company they want to own That likeness I completely understand Why they want to do that it makes a whole lot of sense From a business standpoint so I get it And I think With most names And people eventually It's fine there are a few Maybe like the one that we were talking about The red rooster <laughs> that, uh, that, that, made no sense. That, that are just like Really the red freaking rooster Like hey, com-
2: I even liked uh Oh man, he was part of Demolition. The Repo Man was Repo
0: right. Man. I know the Repo
2: Man, the Mountie. I you know uh,
0: Duke the Dumpster Drozzy? Yeah, Duke the Dumpster. <laughs> you know, no. it's like. Uh, I really don't think Duke the Dumpster Drossy's main event in WrestleMania. <laughs> I just... just remember Terry Taylor's
2: hair spiked up in the middle. With the rooster. It the red painted red. And they put Bobby Heenan with him because Terry couldn't talk on the mic.
0: I know. But and he the... was
2: so damn good in the ring. And he would do this little, like, you know, this little head thing. You know, like the rooster does. with He, the he
0: bobbed head. the head? Yeah, the little, he like, was, oh. He would,
2: uh. Like a Bantam rooster he would strut He was trying
0: man he was trying But you can't get that gimmick over Nobody's getting the red rooster over I think I I don't know if this was ever true Or not but on I used to love Those legends of wrestling round tables They they were really Good and some of them are still on Peacock And it would be like Mick Foley Jim Ross Jerry the King Michael Hayes sometimes it'd be You know uh You know you just get different Sergeant Slaughter was on some of them And they'd all talk about one person or topic And they just go for like an hour And Mick told a story That Terry Taylor and Mr. Perfect Came in at the same time And they were to get The two of those guys were like backstage And they were trying to find their gimmicks And they decided That one of them was going to be Mr. Perfect And it ended up being Kurt Hennig instead of Terry Taylor And it was Wow and and I don't know if that's but Mick Foley tell that you can watch it I remember the story and it's funny to think about could you imagine because Terry Taylor would have been a, a solid Mr. Perfect he wouldn't have been as yes. good as Kurt Hennig at that character because Kurt was a better talker and played the character better but if if you put Terry Taylor into the gimmick of Mr. Perfect it would have worked he would have been yes, fine it at it. The problem is, yeah. I don't know if Kurt Hennig could have made the Red Rooster work. I don't know if anybody <laughs> no! could have made that damn thing work, right? Like, flip those things. Um, so that's you the and only. You just thing. Terry
2: Taylor. That's so funny. Now I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go watch a, a Red you Rooster neb- match. You never on, know.
0: On I was weeks gonna weeks. say who who knew Terry Taylor it. was gonna get so much love on this week it's in wrestling. This about, is all this, all about it's Terry history. Taylor. It's <laughs> so history, um,
2: it's everything on this podcast. Love it.
0: Um, we got a. Uh, Chapter 2 on the story of Lacey Evans They'll <clears throat> This might take a little while to get there I wish this yeah. would have just been Because yeah. the, the only problem With when you start going real Like this is And maybe this is just me but And I'm old school I always think that when you're a heel You gotta kind of have that I'm sorry moment first right? right Don't you gotta tell the crowd you're sorry Like yes, we're hearing yeah. her story As to why She's like her struggles But shouldn't it have started or maybe it will At some point and her come out and say look Hey I'm sorry for the way that I acted I want to do things better I want to go and then boom That's like all it takes that's all it Takes for the heel I we don't Get the heel baby face Turns as much as we used to and I think That makes it hard for the crowd Sometimes to just go oh we're supposed to Be cheering for them now okay cool Right you got it's so Easy like you know someone like um, AJ Styles He never really had that moment Right where he said Hey I was a real dick for a while with Omos Like sorry guys you know I'm back I guess he kind of But like I I think We used to get these really big like Oh that was the baby face turn They came out and saved the good guy You know and you would know that they were a good guy now I think it'll take a little while But it almost you gotta be careful Because something like this with Lacey Can almost feel forced
2: Yeah and, and she's not new. That's yep. She's been around. She was just gone for a year because she gave birth to her second child. So, and I also don't want to walk to get there with this because if we draw this out too long and she makes her television taping in ring debut, something's not going to, I would rather her, them, she come out. Say what she's got to say and then start targeting people on the roster. She doesn't look, I understand she's probably going to be Charlotte Flair's probably next one. You know, um, but start taking people, start p- taking them out on the roster one by one. Look, we know Natty's down in NXT, but look, she was on SmackDown. We know Shayna. We know she's a badass, but use these people. For Lacey to work with in the ring to get this story over even more. I don't think vignettes is going to do it all for her. And look, let it be known, I'm a massive Lacey Evans fan. I really, really like her. But there's some things that feels like we're going to crawl to get there. It seems like we're waiting till after Charlotte and Ronda's over with. And I don't
0: know. Yeah, you got to be careful here with this one, right? Because this could end up being really good because she's... It could be. She is she's very this emotional. Is, this is real. This is who she really is. This is no BS. But point. even real sometimes can feel fake. You know? And that's the problem. Like sometimes it's hard to say go out there and be yourself. That's why people play characters. Because it's easier to pretend to be someone or something else. So we'll see how they can uh they can get this across. We had another little look at Raquel Rodriguez as uh she just had a small interaction with Natty And Shayna backstage We'll talk more about that in a minute Because I do, I do like what they're doing with Natty And I think, yes, um, yes. I think That Natty's going gonna, to gonna have a good couple months Coming up We then got Riddle getting the W Over uh, Jimmy Uso So that was Smackdown A couple fun things here and there Nothing too crazy uh, Just worth mentioning That uh, Rampage uh, actually, I'll talk about Rampage a little bit When we talk about AEW last week Because they had that title match on there Let's get to Monday Night Raw Koopa Loop Let's get over and talk a little bit about A, a show that had a couple of weddings On it um, <laughs> Oh, one thing we did miss uh, We got another little vignette from uh, from Gunther With Fabian on Gunther,
2: SmackDown Gunther, I enjoyed that And props to the main event On SmackDown The fans were into it it's just hard to beat a, a solid main event like that So uh, there were some good on that show
0: Okay, on Raw <laughs> We <laughs> we had a couple of uh, weddings But we kicked things off with Monday Night Rollins And then uh, we got Rollins and Cody Rhodes And basically what Rollins wanted to do is said Hey look, I want to put you in the position you put me I want you to have to face someone And not know who it is Because I didn't know who it was Now that I have time to prepare for you I'm going to kick your ass at Wrestlemania Backlash So he said You're going to wrestle someone tonight You're not going to know who it is Until you're standing in the ring and you hear their music hit I liked it, I liked the idea of it 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 made a lot of sense And I think most people could probably know where it was going But they did a good job Earlier in the night Of kind of maybe throwing you off Because we saw KO Right, we can talk about it right now. Like he ends up wrestling Kevin Owens in the main event. Now, I like what they did in that. We saw KO doing the stuff with Ezekiel earlier in the night, so we may not have thought that was going to be KO in the main event, right? Because I was thinking that exactly. I'm like, oh well, it's obviously going to be Kevin Owens. And then when I saw Owens have other stuff to do earlier, I was like, oh, I guess it'll be someone else. I wonder who it is going to be. You know, it doesn't seem like it is going to be Kevin Owens. And then sure enough, it was. So that that made sense. The the only thing I don't like is the the ending like that in a main event With the, the DQ sort of after a really nice 17-minute match Where KO and Cody are giving you like a pay-per-view main event type match And then sure. you don't really – you have an ending I know you don't want KO to just lose clean You're sure not going to have Cody be losing clean like that I wanted a little bit more from, from the ending Because even Cody was like looking around after like What? Come on, it just – it feels like a deflating way to go off the air
2: Yeah, a couple of things here uh, A lot to take in First, the opening segment with uh, Cody and, and Seth Rollins Man, does it feel like Cody Rhodes is a massive star in WWE I
0: mean, it just really Huge. does to me Huge, they've done perfect with him in the first few weeks Month, they've presented him And they've done exactly probably what he would have wanted And the response, it, I have to imagine Is exactly what they would have hoped for Maybe even better
2: uh, now to uh, the match, because uh, we'll save the KO, Ezekiel, uh, Chad Gable segment for uh, a little more time here in a second, because, I, I again, I'm just so entertained by that whole gimmick. I know AC and uh, a couple of others may not like the Ezekiel gimmick, but uh, I do. Uh, I'm with you. I, I thought the match was a wrestling match, old school. This was old school, NWA Mid-Atlantic territory, slow storytelling, business picked up, and it frustrated me at the end. And I and I talked to a couple of other buddies that are that are really big into wrestling. Well, they they had to protect. I understand that. I I just don't like you doing this on Monday Night Raw, and you've made the whole episode. We book in this, and then we've we've Rollins in the middle again. And then we do the KO, and Seth Rollins are mad at each other again. I, I just – I thought it made Cody Rhodes look a little weak, the ending. I don't know why. That's just how I felt. I just
0: don't and think I, anybody I, looked, came out of it looking great. No,
2: you know? and, and KO is supposed to be this heel, and I know Seth is, and now they're fighting again, and Seth walks out. And then the crowd is the same as what we felt on television watching it. They were like, wait a minute. You just gave us fantastic 15, 16 minutes of wrestling, and now you're on the top rope celebrating a, a countout or DQ or whatever? I just thought it could have been better planned. I'm not saying somebody go over, and I don't want KO to lose, and we knew Cody was not losing, but DQ it. DQ – but let Seth I, – I, I just – Something needed to change there that was better than what they got, and I thought they took the easy way out. Hit with, "Oh, I'm out of here. I'm leaving." I, what? You know, when Seth said, "Get yeah. your fat ass back in the ring," I knew then we were in trouble. Yeah, I said we're I we're in trouble.
0: Didn't didn't love it there. We got the women's tag team title match, and it was Sasha and Naomi that get the win. And after the match, Liv and Rhea argue after. Sasha pins Rhea for the win, and Rhea uh, yells at Liv for not being there, not helping. And then Rhea beats down Liv, and you know we got the uh, Rhea Ripley heel turn, which I think a lot of people were waiting for. A lot of people knew it was coming. We get we catch up with Rhea backstage, and Sarah Schreiber asks her what happened, and Rhea just said, "You know she doesn't owe anyone an explanation there." So. Rhea Ripley heel turn I'm It's weird because I did I didn't like the pairing of Rhea and Nikki That didn't seem like it worked The pairing with Nia, with Rhea and Liv Seemed like it actually worked <laughs> So it's weird that they break them That they break them up And they're going to make this turn now But I think this is where Rhea needs to be And hopefully yes. This will actually be good for Liv too Because maybe they can have a feud Out of it for a little while It'll keep Liv as sort of relevant I don't want Liv to get back pushed off TV I think she's done a really great job for the last Year or so she deserves to be at least In the mix for the, In the tag division or a Contender or, or in a top feud So hopefully we get you know A good uh, a good couple matches Between the two of them out of this Hopefully
2: we'll get one at Backlash Hopefully there's this let's build it up a little Bit Let, let's not just You know win his Backlash Um it's coming up relatively soon. Am I not mistaken? I'm mistaken. Um,
0: no, no, you are you are mistaken. Let's see. I'll I'll look it up right now. Uh,
2: um I just don't want them to be have a match immediately on Raw next Monday night.
0: No. No. We can't you do know, that. If she,
2: if she wants to come out and interfere or they want to brawl in some segments, that's great. We're not gonna get tag teams between the two because neither one of them have a belt. I don't think we're gonna see that. But don't give me a match on Raw. That ends in a DQ, and then a following week we do something else or vice versa, and then we have another match at Backlash. Let them work each other first time at Backlash, build it up, and, and I would be fantastic. I, I would be excited about that.
0: May eighth, yeah, not not long, just a couple weeks so away. We're
2: two, we're two weeks away. We yep. are two we- Mother's Day weekend. That's Mother's Day, I believe,
0: and at the Derby, Derby weekend too, May yeah, the seventh. Yeah,
2: Derby 7th. weekend too. So
0: opening I, weekend of Louisiana yeah. Downs also on May the seventh. so with,
2: with all these nuggets of information, all over the this, is, this was this is where she needs to be. Let's just have them face each other for the first time at Backlash, and I think we'll get a fantastic match between the two. But Rhea needs to be here.
0: Sonia Deville is. Now the number one <laughs> contender for Bianca. I don't mind how Sonya just kind of put herself in there. You know, this is like a heel. Like we we've were seen, kind of
2: waiting for it.
0: Yeah, time, we were expecting right? it to happen. It, you know, it, it's not a shock. I don't. I don't actually mind this for being like a a first Bianca feud post the title. Right. I don't mind it. it it's it's fine. You don't. It's someone that you don't think Bianca's is going to lose to, and she can get a win over and then move on, and and maybe she'll go to Rhea or somewhere else. A, a Bianca Rhea feud. You know, for SummerSlam would be a lot that's of fun. Solid <laughs> with those two. You know, that'd be that'd be really great. And um, so Deville says that she's going to be uh, that Bianca's going to be disciplined for assaulting a WWE official, and um, then uh, they're going to do the title match in Knoxville, Tennessee next week. So is that official? Are they? Are uh, that's they... A,
2: a, 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 well. Okay, so she tells her. This is – that that's your hometown. I want to do it in front of my – in front of your family. I haven't seen anything official. It, it probably is. I just think it's weird because we're going to have a crazy ending because we know these two are probably going to work again on Backlash, right?
0: Yeah, you would think that, – That's would. what
2: I try to avoid on some of these pay-per-views. When so I'm you saying would – I you. know.
0: You don't want to have it, like we said – I hate it when we get to a pay-per-view and we've already seen them in the ring two or three times. You want no that to be a match that feels special. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Sonia Deville then uh um when they go backstage, so so Sonia taunts Bianca, Bianca picks her up for the KOD and she puts down Sonia and uh and you know, she kind of tosses her down, but she kind of laughs a little bit. And Sonia Deville is furious. She wants to tell. She talks to Adam Pay, uh, Adam Pierce, and says, "Hey, Bianca needs repercussions. So, what are we gonna do?" And he finds her a dollar. <laughs> she gives him a dollar, <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. So now we're getting the dynamic where Sonia and Adam Pierce are sort of at, at odds here too. Um, I thought this was fine. Like I actually thought the women's stuff with Bianca and Sonia was kind of cute. Good moving forward it was a good way to kind of Create a contender for Bianca Sort of out of nowhere and not have her go back To do drop or live or some of the other people We've recently seen her feud with I, I thought this was okay
2: Yeah and it's official Gino it's official okay, WWE cool. uh, Twitter has announced it That's um, a hometown uh, Next week So look we're, we're And I know someone has already said well I think we're going to get Becky Involved no right. not this soon
0: I don't Becky's think so. Gonna,
2: Becky's gonna yeah. Becky's gonna be off. Let this. I'm just curious to see what happens to Sonya after this. Does <laughs> she go back to being that authoritative figure? She go back. She to shouldn't. Back on the she
0: should just be back on the roster. I think. I think her go run ahead. as an authority figure because I don't think she it's should. Played out. Yeah, I don't yeah, think she should. She could go out. back and be a heel, um, and maybe have a, a stable of a couple people or something, or you know, a, a partner or two. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think she needs to go back and uh, and be the. Be you know an executive, Veer Mahan picked up a squash over uh, Jeff Brooks. So they're they're you know trying to build Veer. He attacked the guy afterwards, and so they're making him look badass. I just I don't know if you if you've paid attention to Veer on his social media. Like the dude, he's like really good looking, and he's always wearing these incredible suits, and he looks like a million bucks. I mean, I just I don't like. That you always have to have The foreigner be the evil foreign Heel this feels like so 1980s Kind of a thing you know This is the kind of stuff that Mustafa Ali didn't like It's like why can't this guy be a baby face Or hey if you want him to be a big Heel because he's a big imposing Dude that's fine but like why can't he come Out wearing a suit and being sort Of he's gotta be Like the stereotype For (laughs) you know You know like this would be a guy that like you Said that Hulk Hogan was gonna be Having yeah, built up having for, him, right? for him, right? El Gigante. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we'll see what goes on with, uh, with Veer. And at
2: least we're getting him every week after two and years. He, and he's PT.
0: looking imposing. Like he does it's look not bad. He does look good. So, um, let's continue to, uh, to get him built up. We got the KO show and, um, in the KO show, <laughs> we got the lie detector test and, uh, so Ezekiel's out there and Gable's out there Man Gable is so good Gable yeah. is so good this, was, this is one of those segments that could just be disastrous If it wasn't for a couple guys That are just good on the mic And funny and have good timing And Gable and Owens are funny And Owens is just freaking out He can't believe that nobody can see that this is actually Elias And, and it gets to the point Where Chad Gable, uh, Gable's like Hey look man The test said he's telling the truth you know, like he's <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, like, he's not lying. It's, it, it was, it was funny. It was good stuff. We then got Chad Gable in a match versus Ezekiel, and uh, Ezekiel wins by DQ because Otis comes in and attacks. So, I this stuff is making me laugh. It's pretty funny and it's entertaining. It's you know, it's not main event type stuff right now, but I. I get a kick out of this stuff with Ezekiel and Elias and I can't wait till we get an Ezekiel Elias tag team together or something along those lines. We're going to inevitably have the moment where they're both there at the same time. And Kevin Owens is gonna be like, what the hell is happening?
2: I I popped when he said, you know, right before he took the test, who wants to hear Ezekiel speak, you know, and uh, KO is just beside himself. Uh, I I think KO Ezekiel. Is going to be a pretty good match. You yes. know, now this this was a a silly little three minute match. Um, I, I, and look, kudos to Byron Saxton. You know, I'm not a big Byron Saxton fan. Never have been. Never will. I just just don't like his style. I I thought he was really really good here. And him yeah. and Jerry, uh, the King Lawler going back and forth. Jerry saying, "Dude, what's wrong with you?" And Saxton's has bought into this. Like yeah. the Ezekiel's bought into this So yes. I, thought, I thought that was a good a, a, a good addition to the To the match itself
0: So we got the Tag team title match uh, Or not the tag team title match But the tag team champions RK bro Versus the street profits And we have the The Usos <laughs> distract RK bro and the street profits End up getting the win Here so I don't really like this no, you know, it's like we said,
2: because you're trying to unify the titles. This, and what? And why are the street profits teasing a turn again?
0: I know. I don't like turn that. Em.
2: Turn them. Turn them. don't tease it. The, I could. I could buy the 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 win over the champions. More believable if you've turned them and they cheat to win.
0: Didn't. Didn't like. Didn't think they needed to lose like this blockbuster for the pin. This this is. We talk about matches where. We don't want DQ's This is the match where you do have a DQ You have (laughs) the Usos just run in and interrupt the match Like you don't have I don't want to see the visual Right now of Riddle getting pinned I don't like that visual I don't want to see the visual of the champions getting pinned Before they have big matches I, I just don't like it So we get to AJ Styles Damian Priest And Edge Edge says that last week was Mind Games And he said that the, he's more dangerous now. AJ can't understand, but he and Priest haven't lived up to their true capabilities and you know, he he mentions that Priest was a supporting act to Bad Bunny and that Priest uh had no WrestleMania match this year. So a lot of the stuff that he said makes sense. I don't I'm not in love with this quite yet. I, I Me neither. I'm it's not warm. I'm, I I don't hate it. I I, I guess I'll kind just let let it play out a little bit more. I've Maybe I think that AJ and Edge don't need this kind of a thing, right? I feel like they may be above the whole sort of darkness gimmick thing for them, but this this could end up working out for priest in the end. So if that if the point of all this is to elevate him a little bit with two guys that are already in pretty good spots, then maybe he is. But we've talked about it with priest like this guy isn't a spring chicken. he's an older so he's not in he's not like a project. To to be working on like a like an Austin theory, who we do see getting the win over Finn in picking up the U.S. title and two things, right? Total bummer for Finn. We love Finn. Damn, Finn was put up in a match against Roman Reigns not that long ago, and <laughs> I know, right? felt like man, he's kind of like there were moments where it's like, are they gonna? No, they're not gonna do that, right? They're not gonna go with Finn. And and we <laughs> thought when he came over to Raw, it was gonna help him. He. Was non-existent for a while. Then they just put the U.S. title on him, kind of out of nowhere. He's not even at WrestleMania, so it's a bummer for him. But I think for the U.S. title, it's it's probably better because at, at the at least they like Theory, formerly named Austin, now just Theory.
2: <laughs> uh, we we knew as what was as soon as they announced the match again, Heck Theory had already defeated Finn Balor. Once, and I, I, I think Finn Had a win over him previously um, The match was good, it was solid uh, They both got their entrances um, I, I, I Enjoy that, I don't like when we're Cut short, I'm, a, I'm I'm old school Man, I like entrances, especially if it's A championship match, don't cut anybody short um, I, I'm Just curious now uh, First we'll talk about Finn What is, where do we go here With Finn Balor? That's,
0: that's what's scary where do, where do you go with Finn?
2: Um, I I don't know his contract situation. Um, I I would have to Google, look it up. I don't even know if, if that would be, um,
0: but we may not even even know. Yeah. If you could find it, right. It
2: may not even be, it may not even be right or true or whatever it is, but I'll tell you this, um, they are all in on theory. Uh, they, (laughs) Vince McMahon sent some. Middle of the card guys out to the ring
0: Heels to celebrate with him Vince came out and celebrated after Like they made it feel like a big deal So I will give them that
2: That's what I'm saying At least we have that It was a bummer that Finn has been treated this way Hey look, maybe this is the way to get the belt I'm hate. i trying to turn a negative into a positive Since the belt wasn't Hasn't been defended correctly and, And promoted correctly for a while now uh, maybe this is uh, another fresh start for Finn, but I don't know. I just get a bad feeling with Finn. Now they're crazy to let him go. I'm not saying they're doing that. It's just, you know, we've seen guys as good as him kind of wait around. We've seen Kevin Owens kind of do that a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, kind of wait around. I, I don't let a Cesaro go. No, you no. Know? Don't don't let another one go.
0: Don't do it. We got the wedding. We got in <laughs> the and in the wedding we got the Reggie wins the title then Tamina beats Reggie then Tazawa beats Tamina then Dana Brooke beats Tazawa so we're right back where we started um and so you know goofy wedding one of my only issues with this was it did go on a little long for some of the things that we've talked about with the 24/7 title is that we never really mind those segments cuz they're always just a couple minutes they're quick this did drag on a bit but but they were building to the segment for a while cuz i could so i could understand we had Los Lotharios, Nikki A.S.H Was Sasha out there? Yes And Naomi, the bridesmaids Naomi. Yeah. Ah, Which, I don't know if I love that But at least, okay, they were the bridesmaids R-Truth is the, you know Is the the MC, the master of ceremonies He, he you know, he talks about the relationship with Reggie and Dana And then he talks about Tamina and Tazawa, And then Tamina Switches the grooms and now she's With Reggie and Then Tamina puts Tazawa with Reggie And she's with Dana and then Everybody cheers Dana hands- offers her hand To Tamina Truth says They're going to get him fired <laughs> He doesn't know if this is peachy at all uh, Then they switch all the way back And the fans boo like the crowd was at least Having fun with them you know um, So Truth said by the power In the vest he announces that the couples are both committed. So Reggie um they uh, they do the rings, then they kiss. Tamina and Tazawa kiss, Dana and Reggie kiss, and when Reggie kisses Dana, he pins her. He kisses her to the mat. A ref appears. Then Tamina kicks Reggie in the face. She wins. Then Tazawa goes under Tamina's dress and <laughs> he rolls her up for the win. And then uh, Data with a cross body, she wins back. So, a lot happening here. But hey, we look got,
2: impressive off the top rope in
0: the in the in wedding, the wedding dress. dress. And how about Tazala sneaking up there? Was like that's one of those <laughs> games they play at the wedding, right? They take the bra, right. whatever, you know. They can <laughs> can you remove the thing from the under the let? La- yeah. So <laughs> Tazala up there and Tamina. But, I,
2: I thought I I thought Arch. Our truth did everything he, he was, could to keep this together because he was the great. crowd he was, was great. the crowd was trying to take over. It went too long. It could have
0: been I a lot couldn't. worse. It, it could have been could a have, lot worse.
2: And he, he deserves a lot of credit for this because that could have got ugly
0: it really could have. fast. And it was it was you're going to get a few laughs in it if you edited this this thing down and only took the funny parts out of it. There there will be like a good two minute recap of this. Right, they'll show you This is what happened in the wedding And when they show the video this week on Raw It'll actually be funny Because it won't be all of the the sort of dragging parts In the middle that end up being a little bit awkward We got Bobby Lashley With Sarah Schreiber They uh, talked earlier today Lashley uh, MVP Said Lashley's about to find out how big of a mistake he made And what I like about this Is it does sort of look like we may be leading To a Lashley MVP down the line and if, if we that's get to that Match after Omos Then I'm okay with it because that's at Least something that we could have story And build to because o- Omos being MVP's Guy I'm okay with I just don't want Omos being the guy right now I don't think that's a role that he's ready for We've seen him in, in that spot Bobby did everything they could He could for him at Mania and he just Isn't ready yet but Omos could Be the big scary guy for another wrestler he could be your diesel Right now for a while Until he turns into that more In ring presence if possible so Maybe if we if we sort of flip it a little bit And if it if we lead to MVP I don't know what he physically Can do health wise if he can even really go All that much anymore but that would be Well Ashley would win but you could Understand the match at least with Omos trying to cheat to help MVP throughout it and sort of It being like a two on one
2: so we're going next week to RAW. We're gonna revisit the great Sylvester Stallone movie Over the Top.
0: Oh, we get the good, arm wrestling baby. With a good
2: arm wrestling contest between Omos and Bobby Lashley. Some
0: arm <laughs> wrestling action. Well, we talked about the main event a picture already with Cody and KO. Let's get on over to NXT 2.0. So Tuesday, NXT, we kick things off with pretty deadly. I mean, this I gotta say. There was a lot of weird shit on Tuesday on NXT. Dude, NXT was, was just really weird this week. There were a couple things that I, I liked, but it felt like someone said it. It felt like TNA-ish and <laughs> older TNA-ish and kind of AEW-ish and they were just throwing a lot of stuff out there. I mean, the the show begins, it's just like a brawl. There's just yeah. chaos all over the place with tag teams, Frawn Breaker, um, the it, Braun Breakers arriving in a uh, in a video, pretty deadly. Takes the mics, fans start booing them, and then we get uh, the grizzled young veterans who interrupt them, and they say that you know they want to take a, they want a shot. Here come Fantasmo del Legato, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz del Toro, and they attack. So we're getting brawl all over the ring. While these guys are brawling, Braun Breaker just walks out. It's like what? Like the timing of some of these things were bizarre. And all night we get, I mean, I saw Joe Gacy's face all freaking night. I mean, that, that mug. And I just don't understand why it, it feels like there was no long-term planning with this coop. Because if you wanted Joe Gacy to be the next guy that Braun Breaker faced, I'm fine with that if you build him up. Joe Gacy wasn't stacking wins. We haven't seen Joe Gacy wrestling a bunch of matches. He was doing sort of some weird things here and there, but he didn't feel like he was someone that was a big part of the show that they were pushing and promoting. And then all of a sudden, Joe Gacy's in the main event title feud with Braun, and now his character's sort of tweaked. He's not even really the Joe Gacy guy that he was before. He's basically just like a Bray Wyatt now.
2: And I think that's what they're trying to do, and this is not working for me. Not at all
0: for either of these it guys. Was,
2: no, this this whole two hours of NXT of Braun and Gacy interrupting people to do their own little stick is not cutting it. See marks. I can do it. It's.
0: I can it's do not. It. It's not. It's I, not.
2: It's not easy, Gino. But I can. I can talk bad about WWE.
0: This is terrible.
2: It's no. a train wreck. It's not working.
0: For any of it's them, not, it's it's hurting it's Braun not, a lot. You're having yes. you're making him react to this goofy stuff. And and it's like, where are you screaming at the end? Where are you? Like, <laughs> I kept thinking when he was doing that of of uh Jennifer Love Hewitt and I Know What You Did Last Summer. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? <laughs> like, screaming and like what are you waiting? But I just I don't like this for any of them. I don't think it makes any of these guys look good at all. All throughout the night, the Gacy stuff with Braun Breaker—they gotta get—they gotta get this figured out better because this is not good for any. No, of them.
2: it's it's not, and I, I can't find anything good about it. I really no. can't. I don't think the match is going to be very good. Again, I, I, I enjoyed the Gacy character at the beginning when others hated it. Um, uh, not now. No, and. They've got a lot to do, and they – your words, they better be very, very careful here with Braun Breaker because he started getting booze last Uh month, okay? And if you go with something silly, which they are, and this match doesn't deliver –
0: People don't have a reason to get behind him.
2: No, and you're not going to do it with Joe Gacy because nobody gives a
0: crap. I thought this was the best – We've seen of Tiffany Stratton so far.
2: 100%.
0: She's getting better. You know what? Some of these, and that's good, the man. thing, is that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But a couple people, her and Lash, think about how much they feel like they've improved in just a couple weeks or each time we see them, like legitimate athletes who have actual athletic backgrounds. And so they probably learn at a really high clip. They don't have Triple H is kind of talking about this the other day, and I know a lot of people got pissed but they don't have bad habits in the wrestling ring. So what you teach them, they learn and then they're athletic and they can pick up on it. Sometimes they'll bring in some of the independent wrestlers who have been wrestling for 10 or 15 years. They've learned a lot of things, but unfortunately, they've learned things the way that WWE doesn't want to do things on TV and doesn't want them presented. So what you have to do is you got to kind of get back to square one. You've got I've got a 2-year-old kid right now. I got to try to eliminate all of the bad habits Right away before they get developed When he's knocking stuff off and he's biting And he's I don't want him to say the F word because if it (laughs) settles in You know he hears me say it and then it settles in And then it's hard to get rid of it that's sort Of where they are sometimes with With people that are established versus someone Like a Tiffany Stratton who she's Kind of like a blank slate here's how we Want to do it here's how let's teach you Our way and boom I thought she picked It up really quick and she's doing well she gets The win over Saray There we Then moved along And um, we set up a tag match for later in the night Because Indy and Persia Were kind of flirting with Pretty Deadly And Pretty Deadly Agreed for a match later I think one of the guys says Oh you want to wrestle? Where are we going to wrestle at? I mean it was
2: just like sexual overtones I know
0: (laughs) (laughs) But they they Tricked him and they got a match later With Dexter and Duke For the tag team championships Grayson Waller Was setting up uh, his match With former bodyguard Sanga Here's my problem with this It all went way too fast Like him bringing the guy in They didn't tell us anything about him He was just Waller's bodyguard And now they turn But why are we supposed to feel Bad for Sanga at all Like we didn't even know who he was. They didn't tell us anything about him. They gave us no character development. And so, why do we even care that Grayson's kind of picking on him and being? I I understand maybe they just wanted to get rid of this, like get beyond this storyline and move and move on. And and maybe that's what they do because Grayson just gets the win, and uh, just didn't love this either. I I thought this was one of the NXT episodes that I liked the least in a while because there were just things. I, that didn't make a whole lot of sense on here like like this part too.
2: Yeah, I, I it's sloppy. Um it, it was like okay let's let's break them up let's do this and fans will buy it. It it just no you said it right. I it it felt very AEW ish as in they're giving us a lot in two hours whereas the over the past several months they've been able to to develop and tell some storylines and it seems like we're we're turning into high gear and we're trying to fast forward through a couple of, of weeks to get to a certain situation. Didn't like this at all because, look, number one, I'm not – do you know anything about Sanga? Sangha? Senga? I don't no. even know how to pronounce it. There's no backstory there. We thought Nothing. So why closed. do we care?
0: Make we us care know. a little bit about him so it, when – we care a bit, like, with, think about how Wardlow and MJF have played out, right?
2: No, I understand Waller getting the win and doing this. For sure. Tell me, the, tell me the, you know, give me a story up before this.
0: Mm-hmm. We got a uh, video package with Cora Jade talking about what happened last week with Natalia. She said she saw Cora, or she, she used to see Natalia as a dream, but now she's going to kick her legendary ass. So I think this will be good, and I like Natty. On NXT she fits great Cause she's yes, she does. She's got that attitude it, it doesn't really work On the main roster as much Because it, it's not her fault But the last couple years She doesn't get treated on the main roster Like Charlotte, Becky Ronda, Sasha um, You know Be- uh, Bianca some of the top tier Talents do but when she comes down here To NXT she can tell every, whatever she says to all of them Is true she's better than them she's more Experienced than them she's done way more than Them she can legitimately hurt them I like it it comes off It just it feels like what Ziggler was Doing it's a good spot for someone Who doesn't really have a whole lot going on On the main roster and The only thing I don't like So I I I, mean, I think her and Cora will be fun we got A little later on um, We had What's What's Tiffany,
2: the uh, excuse me? Nikita Lyons.
0: Uh, we got Nikita Lyons, which I think is going to be great. The one that I didn't like okay. was the Roxanne Perez. Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah. She's got like a video game gimmick that <laughs> is, is like exactly like the Cora Jade Natalia thing. It's like we're getting you hit on this a few weeks ago. <laughs> we need to take a break from the. Hey, I wanted to be a wrestler when I was a kid. Here's a here's a picture of me as a kid, and like I've always wanted to do this because that's Even what everyone if you did.
2: Even if it's your stick, guess what? A majority of the people that's in a ring right now Have did. probably thought about doing that. This one is, time they or
0: all were watching it. That's the difference with this generation. They're all fans now. They're they're all like almost all of them watched it when they were young. They watched Stone Cold and The Rock. They you know so I don't. I under- it's cool, it's a cool story to tell In an interview, right, in a podcast But I don't need every character to be the I loved wrestling and I played Video games and oh my gosh, now I'm here And then When the the, the, the Schreiber goes, or Mackenzie Mitchell goes Wow, what an incredible story You've got,
1: what do you mean? <laughs>
0: what are you talking about? You, you were just talking about to some Video game stuff, like You didn't tell me that you Recovered from cancer or that you like You beat I'm like, What are you talking like I just I thought it was very just like out of touch In that it's a video game gimmick For this chick but anyways She ends up a little well, I guess since we're talking about her She ends up wrestling JC Jane later And Wendy Chu Distracts JC in the match And Roxanne ends up uh, Getting the win there so uh, She gets the win in her NXT 2 debut And i don't think she's gonna be bad in the ring she's fine i just the gimmick was so hilarious to me the character that they chose Let's, for her this video well, game me, thing
2: let me give you a little in the backside here scoop um she's she's from south texas uh uh started professionally wrestling and training i think the our training at the age of 14 very young uh went up through booker t's academy there in houston um Ha, signed with, with WWE. Um, when I saw her, she's really small. If you see her in person, she's not very big. Uh, when I saw her on TV Tuesday night in that segment, I knew she was going over. I said, there, this, this is not good for a tag team champion. When somebody debuts, we knew something gimmicky. So Wendy Chu, right. Comes on the, the, the big screen, the NXT Tron, um, I just, the first of the match kind of felt kind of like gimmicky too. They kept like, I know roll this, roll this, uh, try this. Move. It, it felt really, um, choreographed and it didn't feel smooth. I, I didn't like the match. Didn't like the, the way it played out. And I'm definitely over, Hey, I, you know, I wanted to be a wrestler when I saw AJ Lee, you know, or whatever, you yeah. know, it's just like, let's, 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 Let's we, find it just everything about think her and Cora J may be roommates, and they kind of resemble each other. They're gimmicks, even though you they know do,
0: it's just we just saw this with MJF with Punk. We saw a picture of Austin and KO. We see it with everyone now with with the oh, here's me getting an autograph signing, or here's me at the show. I was doing the same thing. You were, we were fans. There's pictures of us that exist too, but like you said, it it's not everybody can't play that character on TV. You can't no. all have the same role on a TV show It doesn't work Every, You have to play different roles Different characters Tell me this behind the scenes right? When you're doing an interview on That's what G said with me and Chad Coop Tell us about your backstory And, and why you became a wrestler But on air, be, play a character give me, give me your reasoning that you want to win the title Maybe like Legato Del Fantasma They beat the Grizzled Young Veterans They're probably in line for a tag team title shot Coming up soon so they pick up the, the win there Wesley is on his own I thought this was a little bit weird Because, you know, we talked about how they took the titles away from MSK They released um, one of them Now Wesley is going to be on his own He's pretty good in the ring He was actually the better of the two on the mic, right? He can talk a little yeah. bit yeah. So I figured, oh cool, they're going to kind of repackage him as a singles But they had him leave right off the bat to Zion Quinn i I Dude, yeah he took he Zion he took a Wes took a stiff
2: flying forearm a la Tito Santana, and that thing was brutally stiff i I was concerned for wes uh, I know i I thought okay, let's repackage now he's jobbing <laughs> yeah,
0: he's he's jobbing. Uh, We had a fun Santos Escobar Carmelo Hayes match I thought this was really good And and what they did was Carmelo gets the win So they can have Carmelo Continue on So With his feud with Cameron Grimes Then they also have um, A couple guys Distract Santos Escobar Guys that we can assume Are tied to Tony D And um, Then we end up getting Trick sliding in a steel chair here and Trick and Carmelo. Uh, Carmelo picks up the win. So after the match, Solo Sokoa came out and he says he's next. So it looks like we've got I don't I like the stuff around the NXT North American title. Grimes is your champ now. It looks like we're going to another match with Carmelo. Solo Sokoa feels like he makes a lot of sense. I think any any of the three of them are are like really solid options for the NXT North American title ch- all three of them are in a better spot right now than Braun Breaker.
2: Damn, i just about to stop you and say, doesn't this feel 10 times more important than Braun Breakers? That's why we do week? this.
0: Great minds, man. We're thinking the same thing. We are one in unison.
2: It feels big. And you know what? Next week, we're going to find out a lot about Trick Williams next week. You know, he and, and Solo go one-on-one next week on NXT. We're going to find out about him. We're going to find out a lot about him. Um, so, but yeah, th- this this is your most important title. On NXT right 2.0 right now
0: Natty beat Tatum Paxley and then after the match When uh, Natty was Backstage She had a little interaction With Nikita and this could be Really really good And um Nikita She I thought that she Looked like the present her presence with Natty Was really good she said something Like uh, Natty said you know when I put You in the sharpshooter You're going to be in some trouble And she said, don't worry, I'm flexible (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes Yes, yes, that was great (laughs) I loved it So Natty gets the win earlier against Tatum And it looks like we're building A few different feuds for Natty She's got something going on with Cora And possibly Nikita down the line Tony D uh, Walked (laughs) by And uh, he asked someone Hey, uh, that car right there is that a that belongs to Santos? The guy says, yeah. And so we will uh we'll find something out in just a little bit. Uh mentioned the Zion Quinn got the win. Roxanne Perez got the win there over JC Jane. And they mentioned that spring breaking is in two weeks. Cameron Grimes will defend against Carmelo and Solo Sokoa in a triple threat. And um we had Legado del Fantasma walking in the parking lot. Santos was furious about the two mystery Men who attacked him And there's a lock <laughs> on the passenger Wheel when they try to get in their car And there's a dead fish <laughs> Laying on the oh hood God. He yeah. says, I know Santos Said he knows who did this and they uh, they Walked <laughs> off so You know we, we've crapped on a lot of Things in this show but the Santos Tony stuff should be really funny I love yeah, this I like it. family I like it. stuff A lot of
2: people are like you know uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's 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 The Sopranos, and I, I think it's fun, man. It is. I, it, 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 I think it's really fun.
0: What Tony believe, goes all in on the gimmick, and that makes you sort of believe in it too, yes. right? it's yes. cartoony and stuff, but he is so in it, and he's Unless so he,
2: until he breaks. Right, His accent like Kofi Kingston did, and Triple With, H goes, "Wait a minute, aren't I you thought you were to, you Jamaican." Jamaica?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was good. Stop. You're right until the moment where he just stops it. No, like but look, I'm
2: all in. A, I'm all in on Tony D, man. All in. I know. I, I like the gimmick. It's good. I like okay. this. This is fun story.
0: Pretty deadly gets the got the win. Let's just quickly get through some AEW because I know we both have to finish up here. Sure, we'll run through what is what's gone on in the last week or so. So last, I couldn't week,
2: believe that I couldn't believe that was the main event on NXT 2.0 either. Over I know the week.
0: Yeah, it didn't feel like a main event because it, it was just something they threw together at the beginning of the show. It wasn't really yeah. built. They didn't. T- they it was. De- it wasn't teams that we know a whole heck of a no. lot. Two weeks no. ago, these teams weren't even a thing either. One of nothing them, nothing
2: from the Creed brothers, nothing from uh, Brooks and Dunn. Uh, no, you know, it's like, eh, come on. Yeah, guys. we didn't get
0: much from either of them either. You're right, we didn't get the chance to Maria, Maria, which we, we need to. On um, April fifteenth, last Friday, on Rampage, Blackpool <sighs> Combat Club. Beat the the gun club So Brian Danielson, Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta, who's now a part with them The Butcher defeated Barrett Brown They were kind of building up the Butcher along the way For Wardlow And then in the Owen Hart women's tournament qualifying match Ruby Soho defeated Robin Renegade We had a championship death match A Texas death match Hangman Page beat Adam Cole We kind of I mean, it's not surprising That happened I sort of thought they were going to go with Adam Cole um, but. Too but they quickly kind of pivoted and, and it looks like we know where they're going. Adam Cole is going to be involved in I think a big part of this new Japan Forbidden Door crossover show. That was the big event that was the big announcement on Dynamite this week. I
2: think they're going to do something undisputed elite type deal where it's going mm-hmm. to be inner family uh faction story between Red Dragon, Bucks, you know, you're, you're, you're Kenny Omega is going Omega's
0: to get, gonna be probably Kenny coming, back coming back soon.
2: So I think that I think they're going with that. I'm not Jay White, that, but that's what they're going with. Yeah, Jay White for sure because he came out. Yeah,
0: he was in the mix there. So we got a lot of Tony Khan too on the show. TK was out there a couple different times talking about bots and everything. And uh, <laughs> he he said that uh, the president of New Japan is there, and and uh, they set up a show on June the 26th that's called the Forbidden Door. It's going to be a joint show between AEW and New Japan. And Cole will be facing Ishii in a singles match Owen Hart Cup qualifier on Friday But we kicked off the show with Punk versus Dustin Rhodes Punk gets the win, man dust, man Dustin still looks fantastic He looks better now than he did through a lot of sports <laughs> in his career The guy's in great shape And he he gets it He's a good worker But, you know, he's not going to win matches like this And and Punk feels like he's on his way
2: Yeah, I think we both called this. this This was the next guy And it helps when Dustin's not in there with a 22-year-old, you know, high-flying luchador from wherever. And it helps when you have a veteran like Punk. Didn't they say Dustin had worked like 3,500 matches or 4,000 matches?
0: That's incredible. incredible. Yeah,
2: that's incredible. It really was. What do you think about Hangman Page coming out? We, you and I both thought that Punk needs to be healed for this. Can this work with these guys being being two fan favorites?
0: I think they may end up. Uh, here's what's funny. I think naturally, and may turn. Well, and I think you may naturally end up having to get that right. Okay. I think he may end up being like, "Hey, what happened? Why did you? Why are? You, why don't I get the response that Punk gets? Right? I thought I was the champ. You wanted me to be the champ. You cheered for me. You rooted for me, and then I got here, and now you don't care about me. That could be." The way they go but I don't AEW doesn't do that Kind of turn as much he may just Say you know I'm willing to do whatever It takes to beat you punk I, I don't Care if I have to cross the line and maybe he's Willing to cheat a little bit right To try to keep his title and maybe That's the first time they wrestle He cheats and he does Something that ends up getting him DQ'd You know and then so he ends up coming off a little weaselly I could see maybe that being A route they go because like you said I just don't think if it's the, the match of respect between these two guys—it's the best version. I might like a Hangman Page that's trying to do anything he can to hold on to his title.
2: I'm could, okay with that, and I'm yeah. okay with him going through the storyline and doing it. I just hope somebody's going to have to pick, pick, even the AEW fans, as hot as they are, live crowd—they're they're, going to have to get behind somebody. I don't think yep. they get behind both.
0: No, you know, no. because
2: then it doesn't turn and out. And I very think well, but, they're going to get behind is,
0: Punk, and so I absolutely. think you just—you make it easier on them. To do it right you don't even make them Split like have hangman do Something sort of weaselly and then Boom now you know people are already cheering for Punk and uh, and you got hangman As the heel trying to keep you know trying to Keep it and then after the match he can do The respect shake his hand I'm sorry I didn't I just wanted to do everything I could to keep The title but that my, my vision was Clouded you know I don't know if you want him to be A heel long term but For this match maybe he loses and then You know he's his redemption story I might like that Got another Blackpool Combat Club match versus Brock Anderson, Martin, and Lee Moriarty. So they're building these guys, and the word is is that there's a trios championship coming soon. So maybe maybe that's where they're gonna go with these guys. And which I don't know if they need more titles in AEW. They have a bunch of belts that people Jeez. don't even know where they no. come from. But I mean, these guys are badass, and they they do they continue to to do a good job with them. Or else did we go, Uh yeah, Tony Khan Made the announcement there We got Jade Cargill Looking like a, a badass back there She said, Mark, shut up He said something to her and she just tells him Mark, just shut up Uh I'm the problem solver I'll see you on Friday, Marina So,
2: Are you surprised that show's on fr- That match we've been building up for a couple Of weeks yeah. now is on Friday instead of Wednesday
0: Yeah, I am, should be on a Wednesday Show, absolutely should
2: The ratings weren't weren't very good Friday for the live show. And I know a lot of people say, well, six o'clock, four o'clock East coast, but, and I know they're trying to build that Friday up, but man, I tell you what, I would put whoever and whatever I needed to on Wednesday night. And we'll get to her in in, in a second, but we still have yet to see your women's champion Thunder Rosa in the ring. I know. I know winning. So anyway, just that thought crossed my mind, but I thought this match should be on Wednesday. It was taped. Uh, yeah, it was taped uh, Wednesday night for Friday, so I don't know if they're expecting this to be a very clean match. If you know what I say, you know what I mean. Very smooth.
0: Wardlow picks up the win. No surprise there. They had him handcuffed as he came out like a prisoner. Um, so we're building to the Wardlow MJF stuff, which you know they'll. This is this feud will be good. I will say MJF just kind of feels a little bit less. Less important right now You know because this is a little more about Wardlow And it felt like for a long time MJF was such a major part of the show But Wardlow with the win We got Kyle O'Reilly I was surprised by this He beat Jungle Boy in an Owen Hart Cup qualifier So Kyle gets the win over Jungle Boy Jungle Boy I know for a team that's had the tag titles for a while And this and that And he was a pillar Maybe they're setting up something with him and Christian Is that that where it looks like they may be going
2: Yeah that's what we're, That's what it looks like
0: Hook Picked up a victory over Anthony Henry oh, <laughs> And now hey we got Hook And we're going to get Hook versus Danhausen Now so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes Sammy uh, Frankie Kazarian Teamed back up with Scorpio Sky And they come out and And he's you know Scorpio Says hey look if you help me when I win back the title, I'll give you The first shot. We've been friends We formed SCU And they go out and now Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti Are really like healing it up You know, <laughs> they're like They're really, Ty's dressing more Like a heel. She kind of reminds Me of like when Miss Elizabeth went to WCW oh,
2: you know? yeah. Yeah.
0: She's kind of acting okay. like that You know, okay. she, she went from being this really Sweet baby face girl to now she's Sort of trying to really dress it up and she's Doing her hair up like she's just you know, heel and she kind of. She also looks like uh in Greece when Sandy has the makeover. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know you better shape up. Ooh Exactly. That's that's what I'm I'm seeing Look here. When you. I when I'm seeing. <laughs> um, so, they uh, Sammy is gonna have a ladder match against um against Scorpio Sky. Sky. Coming yeah. up soon so that should be fun um, We had a House of Black vignette Air uh, Again it's just This, it's just, this, this guy just guy is, is stuff that It all sounds the same right It drowns on this was the problem that we had With Bray Wyatt after a while where you cut these Promos but you don't do anything right? You talk about how evil you are And this and that but then do, Go do it show me Go Go do it you know <laughs> don't just keep talking Over and over and over make your presence Felt here I want him, I want the presence to be felt more from Alistair Black and uh, and the House of Black. We uh, we got Britt come out, and how about this? She comes out with Friermuth and with the um, Najee Harris. Right? Najee who those are like stars. That's not just like your random practice squad players. Those are two of their best players. They're starting tight end. They're starting running back. And and I, I thought, man, when she comes out. She just feels like such a big star too. This I thought the presentation was really good for a lot of this. My only problem is at the end she starts cut yeah. promo first. She should have turned baby face right here. Yes, thank you. Right here, this should have been it. It's the moment she should have said, "I'm gonna come after you, Jade, or whatever, and I'm gonna take that, but I'm gonna win this tournament first, and I'm gonna do it for the you know for the spirit of Owen Hart, like something really baby facey. Boom, you're a baby face. She starts. I, I, I don't She starts trashing everyone Which is fine and funny but the problem is, is Poor Brit she hasn't been around For a while and she was gassed She was out of breath You know so she's she, cutting her promo and she's like <sighs> And then she's gotta stop You know her. we call that blown up in the She business. was blown up for sure <laughs> So uh, that was the only Thing that I, I kind of laughed at but She feels like a massive star It's just I thought this would have been A really great time for her to just tweak a character a little bit, right? She doesn't have I to be. W- I
2: thought she was coming out with uh, with that cheap pop, with with,
0: with the 19. terrible towels and everything yes, too, right? Yes, it would have been perfect. This is this was like the moment Seth Rollins returns from injury. He goes and he's going to attack Roman Reigns with the crowd once, and then the next night he's still a heel. It's like, no, nah, ca- the crowd really <laughs> wants to cheer for Brit She can still be like a stone coldish kind of babyface, you know, just. Yes. Let her talk a little bit more trash about the, the the heels, not as much about the baby faces. I didn't like it when she comes out and she re- immediately rips Ruby Soho, which was kind of funny. It's like,
2: oh,
0: Ruby.
2: I forgot about know, Let's not bury her verbally.
0: Oh, Ruby, I forgot about you. Britt Baker gets the win. And uh, we got a video package setting up a street fight between Sheeta and Deeb. This feud has felt like it's gone on forever. When they have segments and interactions, it's good, and then we don't see anything for like three or four more weeks. And then- No, it's
2: kind of like, look, we're promoting. Look, and, and I, I, I understand we have a, a women's Owen Hart Cup Invitational, and, and, and I'm completely fine with that. But we just seem like we push people other than the champions. Thunder Rosa got a little video package again. I think the total somebody keeps up with it because you know, of course, Twitter. It's been like four minutes since on TV since winning the title on March sixteenth. Four, come on, guys, come on, don't do that.
0: I know, don't do that. And and they put her on that Battle of the Belts show that just was like,
2: oh, it was just not. It it
0: wasn't very good. The match was, eh, but it just they didn't really build or promote that very well. The ratings went way down. This is someone you need to give a little bit more to On Wednesday, this is another instance Where it feels like you're trying to do a little bit Too much and keep too many people happy And um, We finish up with Darby versus Andrade In a coffin match Darby gets the win Uh, We had Sting Come up and do one of those dives off the Off the barricades <laughs> Just jumping off this one looked pretty safe though I will say yeah, it looked it, like he it, just it. sort of like Dropped into a bunch of guys that were going to catch him below But sting likes to get nuts Andrade gets the win uh, I mean, Excuse me Darby Allen gets the win Over Andrade he puts him into the uh, He puts him into the coffin And you know thumbtacks I, I, I don't need that All the time But Dar- Darby I will say At this current moment Darby and Jungle Boy and MJF all don't really feel quite as big as they were a little while ago. MJF, at least he's still in a major storyline. You got Jungle Boy losing, and he's kind of eh down there in the tag and not really talking or doing a whole lot. You've got Darby who's been involved in and this. He's still st- the tag
2: champion, though, right? I know. And he's and he's still the tag team champion, right?
0: Yeah. And, and then you've got Darby yeah. who's been doing this stuff with Sting and it's been fine but he doesn't feel like he's anywhere near the titles or some of the the, the top tier feuds and you've got you know MJF who's doing the stuff with Wardlow and Sammy who you know he's getting more TV time but they may have gotten lucky with what happens with Sammy and Ty because people yes. crapped this on that so the much
2: here yes.
0: right. People crapped on that so much they might have caught a blessing in disguise and turned it in, and now you just lean into it from a heel. They weren't trying to be heels. They thought that was going to be a babyface act that people were going to cheer. And you know what? People don't want to see you sticking your dumb tongue down their throats, walking down the aisle. <laughs> and, like, and people remember what you just did to that other girl too, dude. You proposed to her on TV there. <laughs> like, I, whether or not – I don't know what went on behind closed doors. Hell, it could have been Sammy's ex She could have cheated on Sammy, right? Sure You don't know She could be the bad guy All I know is what you presented me on my TV You made me think that Sammy Guevara was a good dude You you made him You wanted him to be a baby face So you brought him out there And you had him propose on TV And then Now A few months later You're telling me he's got a different girlfriend If this was a TV show I'm watching On HBO Max On Showtime You would have explained to me what happened but you never did so I'm supposed to believe That this guy is a good dude No screw him i want to boo him And he may turn out to be a massive heel But it wasn't by their plan So those pillars right now The things that made AEW unique Coop those young guys They're not getting the same kind of rub they did And I don't mind it But look, the, look at the people who are right now It's the CM Punk's it's the Brian yeah. Danielsons We're getting a lot more William Regal now on our TV It's people that are a little bit more experienced So we'll see if the those pillars Can get a little more run Coop A loop My man Thank you so much My good friend Each and every week You'll find Chad Cooper here Talking wrestling with me And uh, next week We will have even more to dissect as we get closer and closer to Wrestlemania backlash We'll uh, we'll have that in a few weeks for you AEW has a couple different shows That they build too, poor Excalibur, huh? At the end, when he tries to talk about <laughs> He's like, eh, on no, Friday, we gotta run around Rampage and <laughs> Two over there, two over there, three over there oh, And this is next week, and the poor, poor guy is trying to You know <laughs> Like run
2: the maybe. guy from, St- like the auctioneer from Storage Wars up it's, exactly, <laughs>
0: it's like, exactly It's like trying to go through the rundown of Chad Cooper and, my, and me on that this week <laughs> in wrestling You know it just keeps going You have a fantastic weekend my friend Look forward to talking to you again next week You got it buddy see you next week Don't go anywhere folks Still a lot more on uh, this week in wrestling As we transition from Chad Cooper To other topics on That's What G Said Big thanks to Cube Loop for helping us out And for Andrew helping out with the uh, derby discussion And the Oaks Oratory Louisiana Downs coming soon, folks. Getting very excited for that. And on the next episode That's What She Said, we'll have NBA. We'll uh, dive into everything going on in all of the first-round playoff series. And we'll have our Moon Knight Episode 4 Deep Dive Recap and Review with Tim Kelly. Good luck this weekend. We'll be back uh, with plenty more tomorrow. And then getting closer and closer to the Kentucky Derby just a few weeks out.